0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: And on that note, uh, let's jump over to Brother Elvis Zapata. I love him. I'm glad he's with us tonight. God bless him and the shofar. Whoa, oh, that's not the shofar. I pressed the wrong button. And the shofar. There we go. <laughs> Jesus. brother Elvie, are you there?
2: Yes, I'm here, brother. Shalom.
1: Shalom. Praise God. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, brother. I just love having you on the show. God bless you. I'll never forget the day that I I I didn't know who you were, never heard of you before. Uh, you know, you could have you could have you know, jumped through the uh, uh the the window of my hotel room in New York and said, "Hey, I'm Elvie Zapata, and Jesus is coming," and I'd be like,
0: "What?" You know,
1: running for. I saw you on that your i don't know how this is going back years and years, but um yes. you were you were telling people it was right when your ministry i think was starting on YouTube. And you were telling people, you were really sad, and you were saying, brothers and sisters, I have some bad news for you. Uh, not a lot of us are going to make the rapture. Not a lot of us are going to make the rapture. A lot of us are not going to make it. You have to live righteous. You have to live holy. And, and he started to explain, and, he told, and then you went into a testimony of the, how you were taken to heaven. And, and I remember... So here I am in this I'm standing on a balcony at, at you know I do a consulting work and I'm I was doing a consulting job in downtown Manhattan. I'm standing in this hotel room balcony. Your plan your your video is playing on my laptop. This this has to be like 2010 or something. This is way back. And then I come in, yes. I come running into my 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 hotel room and I'm looking at my laptop and I'm going I didn't say a word. I was mesmerized. My my mouth was hanging open. I was listening to every word you said. And tears just started to roll down my face. It was like gushing tears. I can't explain it. It was like the Holy Spirit just came over me. Tears were rolling down my face. And I could not, I was riveted. I could not move. And I listened to every. Single word you said. I think that video was probably about thirty or forty minutes long, and all I could do was cry the whole time because I knew every word you were saying was true. Praise God for you, brother.
2: Amen. Well, thank you, brother John. Or the Lord Jesus Christ blessed me in 2010, and and said He has chosen me to bring His message to His people. And he had me make a video on YouTube back in 2010. And I told the Lord that why did he have to choose me? There were other people better than I that could speak better than me and that could do a better job than I could. And he says, no, that he wanted to choose me. It was him that wanted to. And I said, okay, Lord, praise God, I'll, I'll, you know, I still a second time try to tell the Lord, Lord, there are other people more prepared than me, the better education, uh, and, and you know, and, and so He He says, No, no, it's you that I have chosen to bring my message to my people, and so then I perc- I perc- I proceeded to go ahead and make that video as the Lord started showing me after the visitation of the Lord in person in spirit. It was so powerful, Jesus standing right in front of me, and I can see his face. I can see his whole body and all that, and him speaking to me. The only thing I could say, I'm not worthy. I am not worthy, but he says, I have chosen you, and I I have given you the gift to see into the future, and you is the one that I will use to bring my revelation. I said, amen, Lord, and then I proceeded to, to make that video on YouTube as he guided me to in, in it. To thousands of people have been touched by the Lord. and the good thing is of so thousands of lives have been saved. All oh, glory to Jesus, none to me. Because he he has been the one that he's the only one that can convince sinners of their sin. Because he's a person of the Holy Spirit and he says that the Holy Spirit will convince sinners of their sins. And that's exactly what he has done, Brother John.
1: Yeah, you can say that again. Praise Jesus. Let me tell you what I I you know I I got the bab- I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was nine, and um, you know even if you backslide, uh, that never leaves you. You know that that you know the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit never leaves you, and um, and I could just I can't explain it. I can't explain it. There are certain people when they talk, there not a lot, not a lot, very few, very very few. Matter of fact, in mainstream Christianity, I don't know a one that can preach, that moves me. But when I was watching that YouTube video, I was overwhelmed. I I was, like I said, I was speechless and I knew it. I knew every word that you. It was. It was like you weren't even speaking, brother. It was like the Holy Spirit had your tongue, and you were speaking right from the throne room of God. And I couldn't do anything but just cry and cry and cry. And I know none of us are perfect. None of us hits. No, none of us are batting a thousand. We all make mistakes. We all see through the mirror dimly. That you know, no one's going to be perfect. But let me tell you something. For me that night, that was the message I needed to hear. I needed to know. I needed to know. That was my. My personal wake-up call. Oh, and believe me, that was just the starting start for me. I mean, praise Jesus. And for many of us, that was a starting point. And then, you know, the Lord. You know how it is. Once the Lord opens the door, and He convicts your spirit. Then it's like the floodgate opens, and all of a sudden you start seeing things in all over the Bible, through people's testimonies that are tremendously convicting, and it's like the turning point in your walk, and then you become hungry for righteousness. You become hungry for holiness, and all you want to know is more and more and more about the kingdom of heaven. Which is why you're here. Tell us about the kingdom of heaven. I know we have a lot of territory to cover. <laughs> we, we, we we put in, we put in the title Heaven, the Valleys, the Great Tribulation, and the New Millennium. I don't wanna I, I want to make sure we touch upon each of those areas. Uh, uh, a, a little bit tonight, and we only got you know an hour and fifteen minutes. But brother, would you start out just just assume because you know how it is. You know, all churches, whether they're electronic churches or they're uh, brick and mortars churches, they constantly have movement of new people coming and going all the time. And I know we have a new li- lot of new listeners worldwide tonight. And I'd love for them to hear, tell people about some of the things that you saw in heaven—how amazing, how the music was, about playing instruments, how good the food was, how beautiful things <laughs> were. Please, if you would.
2: Okay, I, I would like to share that this this past Thursday, uh, Thursday the twenty second of October, three days ago, uh, I was taken to heaven by Jesus to the third heaven again, as I for a while had not been taken to heaven, and I know that the message the Father has given me, was also for me to share tonight, because I have when I asked I had asked Jesus when I spoke with Brother John through email. What do you want me to share on, on, on John the Baptist program, Lord? What is it that you want me to share? I don't know. What else? Do you, what do you want me to bring to the people? And I know that when Jesus took me to, I spoke with John, I believe it was Wednesday and then Thursday, through email. And I just wanted to say, John, you're not going to believe I've just been taken to heaven, the third heaven again. And the things Jesus showed me are incredible. Praise the Lord. The opportunity to share, it's not a coincidence, I know. Praise the Lord, because he let me know you will share this on John the Baptist program. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, as the Lord took me to the third heaven, uh, it was incredible because I had asked the Lord that I wanted to, to see the garden, his garden, which is the garden of Adam and Eve. And I heard testimony of a sister that had been taken to the garden. I believe it was True Thomas who's been also here on the Lord Tower. She is in heaven also. I seen her in heaven after mm-hmm. the Lord taking her to heaven. She was in a glorified body, young body. And there were things that uh, I, I'm glad how John said uh, things you know, I I think brother John forgets he support he has supported me since the time we met and and never criticized me, brothers and sisters. There were there were things that I said that, that a lot of people did not understand. And I remember John going on his program and explaining them and telling the people there are things we don't we don't uh, uh are not too clear but you know, praise God, we should pray about it. And I thank Brother John because he has supported me, my ministry, and not criticized me on his program. He's always been supporter. And I thank Brother John for that. But uh, what I want to say is that Chu Thomas, brothers and sisters, she was in heaven after she got to heaven back in, believe it two thousand and thirteen. 2013. Um, I believe it was April. She was uh, before that here on, on, on tribulation now. And she shared a uh, revelation from the Lord about the things to come. But there were things that she said that it was just a misunderstanding. She said that the tribulation had uh, the tribulation had begun and, and that we were in the tribulation. And, and some people misunderstand the message, even if you go back to her message here on Tribulation Now. And you listen to it again, because I've done that myself two or three times. And what she said was the beginning of pain, beginning of pain, which a lot of people call the tribulation. And she said that it began in 2008, beginning of pain, but the Lord had, had uh, 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 revealed to, to Thomas, it was not the great tribulation. And so when when I saw her uh, in heaven, and, and it was before the throne of the Father, the throne of God, Jesus was there with her. She was standing next to Jesus. She gave me, gave me a hug and a kiss of my cheek. And it was um so special, and Jesus proceeded to say to me, "You know in part, you prophesy in part." he says to me, and I immediately ran to to i believe it was first corinthians uh thirteen twelve thirteen that he says, "You know in part, you prophesy in part, and to me it was so often Jesus quoted the word to me, so uh the things that we that we don't understand. When someone says something, it's better to pray and seek the Lord because the Lord can reveal them to us, brothers and sisters. He can do that. And there are a lot of things we don't understand. Uh, uh, Chutama was standing there with the Lord, and Father God calls me up to the throne to speak with me while Chutama is looking at me and the Lord, and, and he just began to talk to me. And it was so amazing because it's all about the coming of Jesus to pick up his bride. He is ready. He is prepared. Now, this Thursday morning, when I was taken to heaven, Jesus uh, Jesus and I began to walk in the garden. We walked together for three hours. Three hours, brothers and sisters. We walked from 2 in the morning to 5 o'clock in the morning. We walked in that garden in heaven. And uh, Jesus walked in the cool of the day, the word of God says, early in the morning, praise the Lord, early in the morning, every day Jesus goes to the garden and walk in that garden. Why is that garden so special? But Jesus uh Jesus when I was walking, he was walking at my right hand. He's always at the right hand, right hand of the Father, to told to the disciples to turn their neck to the right. He's always right. Praise the Lord. And I tell you that uh Jesus as he was walking with me in that garden, he began so he, uh, you know, he was speaking and moving, moving his hand like I do it a lot myself. And to me, it's an easy way to communicate. And he was doing that to me. And so he was communicating so clear with me. And he started, he began to tell me that when he created the garden, he created it for man to have everything he would need in that garden. And when he created man in the garden, man was perfect. Man had no need of anything in that garden. And everything that I was seeing as he was explaining to me, as he said that everything made we need in our garden he created, I I could see different fruit in that garden, different tree. And this time, not so much. I, I focus on the flower because it was, if it was someone else, the the flower would have been amazing. And all we talked about would have been about the flower. I love fruit, especially mangoes. We got them back in the island in 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 the midst of all the fruit, I saw a tree of mango, and they looked so delicious. I didn't got to taste the mango, but I tell you, it just caught my eyes that I look at those mango and and I knew they were ready. I was wondering if the mango were ready, and they look in color ready to be eaten. Brothers and sisters, and and I was like, oh wow, this is incredible. Thank you, Lord, for this. But every single fruit that you can think of and you and fruit that you cannot even think of are we're in that garden, are in that garden, brothers and sisters. Thank you Lord. And Jesus walking with me kept explaining to me the relationship that Adam and Eve had with him in that garden. And immediately as he spoke about Adam and Eve, I could see them appear in the scene. It's like he took me back to the path of the garden. And I could see Eve and Adam completely naked, not ashamed in the presence of God. Brothers and sisters, the Lord made, made, made them kind of blurry to me to look unto them. And Father God say later on, because I'm for my own good, for so I will not sin because I know good and evil. Mm-hmm. When he showed them to me walking in the garden in front of us, in front of the Lord and I, they, they have no sin. They have no shame. They don't need clothing. The clothing of them was the presence of God. That was the clothing. Praise the Lord. And praise God, brothers and sisters. I could see the hair of Eve. She had long hair, lots of hair. I could see Adam, a young man, no more than 20, 25 years old, both of them. Very healthy, very young. I knew I did nothing to make them sick in that garden, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And then the Lord and I kept walking. And as after setting his word of the the river that divides him four, we walk into one of the river, and the Lord and I went in, and I I wanted to say to the Lord, Lord, Lord the river looked kind of deep to me. I don't think I want to go into the river, but He says, Come, come, just come. So I proceeded to go with the Lord into the water, and we went in the water. We crossed the river to the to more the center of the garden,
1: and the Lord and
2: I. Um, Came out of the water. Immediately we were dry. Jesus was dry. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at his garment that the water. He was completely dry right away. I was completely dry right away. And I'm like, oh wow, this this was this garden is incredible. My goodness, what a what a blessing to be able to to live in this garden, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And He continued to explain to me so many things, brothers and sisters. So many things about the kingdom of God, how God has made everything from the beginning perfect. And I knew that the presence of God, the presence of mighty Father Jehovah God, is all over that garden, all over that heaven. Brothers and sisters, I said, where's in the garden? He walks in that garden. Jesus loved to walk in that garden, brothers and sisters. And I saw a sheriff, the two times I talked about a sheriff and the entering of the garden, he has an, an entering frame I didn't see in, in an exiting door, but I saw an entering door. It might be both because it's wide enough for you to come in and go out. And, and the sheriff was right in the entering of the door. And when I looked at the sheriffing, the sheriff taking care of the garden, the God says in Genesis uh three, that a a a firing sword in a, a sheriff were there to take care of the, the, the entering of the garden with Adam and Eve were, were cast out of the garden, brothers and sisters was kicked out of the garden, and I tell you that uh, that sheriff is still there. I looked at that sheriff. He looked like he had an armor, a shining armor, like made of gold or some solid material all over his body. And when I looked from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head, it was like looking at the inspired state building Brothers was insisted. So tall, so huge, such a mighty angel of God. Praise the Lord I tell you God God is amazing Praise the Lord And And Jesus began to talk to me And then the Lord says Tell tell my people That there's laziness in them There's laziness in them Tell them That they need to seek me With all their heart With all their heart Tear their heart for me With all their heart Thank you Jesus Praise the Lord He says, because there's laziness in them. And right when we so close to the entrance, Father God is coming. Am I right? He was like a giant coming to the garden. And I knew it was my Father. I could not see him completely, brothers and sisters. I could not see him completely. But I, I could see the image of him because God is a spirit, brothers and sisters. And God, Father God, was coming. And when he was coming, I was standing next to Jesus. And he says, my son, with such a loving, caring voice, brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. Praise to God. His presence filled everything in heaven. And Father God was coming right there to meet me because I had asked the Lord day prior that I I wanted Father God to speak to me. And Father God had an appointment with me because I had asked the Lord, and he was fulfilling, hallelujah, the appointment. He was there on time. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I tell you, as Father God was coming, I could hear thousands upon thousands of angels saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb, who is worthy to be worshipped, who is worthy to be praised. And they kept praising the Lord and singing unto him. And they kept saying, worthy of the Lamb, worthy to be worshipped. Praise to God, hallelujah, in the highest. It was such a special worshipping. They kept singing, praise the Lord, to our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God, hallelujah. And when Father God would want to say something, the angel or heaven would be quiet. And Father God wanted to speak. And I said, I said, I have a question. In the midst of the worshiping of God, I said, I thought I needed to raise my voice because it was such a loud worship. And I said with a loud voice, I said, Father, and I, I didn't think God could hear me in the midst of all that worship of those, all those angels. And I raised my voice. I said, Father, I'm trying to get louder than the angels. Father, I have a question for you. Praise the Lord. And he says, you may ask me, my son. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is time really over, Father? Is time really over? I'm asking about the time for the wrath for the tribulation. Praise the Lord. Is time really over? And, and right before my father spoke, all the angels quiet and the worshiping. Jesus turned to the father. With the saddest faith I ever seen. It's so sad for him. So sad for him. He loved each, each one of his children. Don't want none of his children to go into the tribulation. And Father God, with a loud, powerful voice, like a giant, bigger than a sheriff said, Yes, yes. And I see Jesus looking at the Father like, have mercy, Father. Mercy. With such a sad face, he doesn't want to lose one sheep. Not one. He knows how hard the tribulation is going to be. How hard. So what is going on right now? We are in the day of the Lord. This day of 24 hours, Jesus is asking the Father for more time for someone to listen and repent and turn to him. So the day of 24 hours is being repeated. No one notices. There's one way that we notice that the day is being repeated. You find out, do you notice that when you go to bed, you you go to bed tired, and sometimes you wake up even more tired. You don't get your rest because a day, Because the mercy of Jesus is being repeated, brothers and sisters. A sister a week prior to this revelation of the Lord had told this to me on the phone. And I said, I don't know. I don't like to speak on things I don't know unless the Lord revealed them to me or talked to me about them. Thank you, Jesus. And praise God. And she says, your Lord has revealed this to her that we are in the day of the Lord. In the day of the Lord, in that day says the Lord to the prophet Isaiah, brothers and sisters, is being repeated. That that day a 24-hour don't end. It cannot end because don't, time is over. Time is over, as my father said. But the day is being repeated for soul to be saved, so we we can feel it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the God. The Father God looked at me and said, You all are going to be here soon in this garden. He says, Soon you will be here in this garden. He says, Praise the Lord. And Jesus looked at me and said the same thing. You are going to be here in this garden because I've been praying for my own salvation. I've been saying to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to stay. I want to go home with fear and trembling. I've been feeling the Lord for my own salvation, brothers and insisted, because I've been taken to the tribulation over 30 times. I know how horrible it's going to be. I've seen children. I've seen many people suffering. I've been almost to every single part of the world in the tribulation, all over the United States and in Europe. Brothers insisted the pain that is coming on this earth is going to be so horrible. People cannot even imagine. They cannot imagine. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I don't want to preach fear to you. We don't walk under the spirit of fear. I want to speak knowledge to your heart and mind. Do you understand that the word of God is true, and is going to be fulfilled? It's going to come to pass, brothers and sisters. God's word is going to be fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass, but not his word, not Rabbi Jesus. And it's going to be fulfilled. Rabbi Yeshua told us, how heaven and earth will pass, but not his word. Thank you, Lord. And he's going to fulfill his word. Very soon in the eyes of everyone, as he said to the rabbi today, as he read the book of Isaiah, this word will be fulfilled in front of you. In in front of them, he healed the sick. He healed the leper. He touched the leper. He went among the leper because leprosy can only be healed by God. And Jesus went to the town around Jerusalem, outside Jerusalem, and no one could to hear the leopard. And when he began, says the, the book of Mark, he began to hear all day leprosy. He began to hear on the street of Jerusalem. He began from the synagogue, oh, healing the sick, in front of the rabbis, in front of everyone, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And he said that that word will be fulfilled in that day, And front the them and the rabbis and everyone. I was upon him, because he said this, and he began to fulfill it. Because when God speaks, his word will have to be fulfilled, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. So time is over, brothers and sisters. For the raptured, the, ra- the trumpet will sound, and everyone on the earth will know that God is not a man that he will lie, but a son of man that he will repent, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Father God says to me, my son, would you bring a message to my children? And I say, yes, Father. Soon, be you are going to be in this place very, very, Father God. I was surprised because God says, hallelujah, in the book of Revelation, that he is coming quickly. But he says, he used the word in the more modern English. Hallelujah. Very, mm-hmm. very soon, he says, my people, my children will be here. Try on that. So yes, Father. Yes. That we are going to be in that place, third heaven. And all that beauty of that third heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And that beauty of the third heaven, very soon. Those that have been repenting, that have been crying out to God because their sins are heavier than their life, than their enjoyment, have been repenting them before God, letting God know that they prefer heaven instead of the earth and hell. Thank you, Jesus. Those that have denied themselves, taken up on the cross, they have decided to follow Jesus. And that cross to many have been very heavy. Praise the Lord, for they have not given up on the cross, because there are many things that can be on your cross. Even the sins that will entice you, said the book of Hebrews, you need to give unto God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. But the Lord created a beautiful garden that will be on earth one more time, brothers and sisters, and we will enjoy it. There is a new millennial coming. Praise the Lord. What Jesus has told me, tell them about the millennium. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Tell them about the millennium. The millennium is going to be fulfilled, brothers and sisters. A thousand years with Christ. A thousand year with Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Brothers and sisters, make every effort to seek the Lord with all your heart. Repent daily as much as you can. Prepare your life for your Messiah, because your Messiah is coming for you. He loves you enough to give his life to you on the cross. Remember the power of the cross, where he defeated all his enemies in that cross to make you partaker of the heavenly things, brothers and sisters, to what He done on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Commit your life to the Lord, brothers and sisters, daily. And as you get tired of all, cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to walk. Help me to serve you. Help me to keep your commandment, oh Lord. And Jesus will not fail you to help you. He will not fail any man or any woman who cried out to him to help him. Praise the Lord, because he is a good Savior. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a wonderful God. He's an everlasting father to you and I, brothers and sisters. And he loves you and I so much and loved to help us. Hallelujah. love to hear us pray out to him because he's the only one that can help us. Muhammad cannot help you. Muhammad did not say, I am the way. I was a true and the right. No one come to the father said to you, Lord, the Pope cannot help you. Praise God, Jesus Christ. Buddha, can Buddha? cannot help you? Now other God who claims to be God can help you, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He bear your iniquity upon Him. Praise God, your suffering and your pain, your infirmity and your sickness, took upon Himself. Praise God to give you health, to give you life, and to give it to you abundantly. Thank you, Jesus, because He loves you enough. To do that for you Who else has done that for you Who else has been willing to die for you But a ruler of love a, a ruler and master Jesus Christ The son of God Who loves Hallelujah, Our maker, our creator Praise you Lord I can see his delight in the garden As we walk together And he talked about man When he created man in the garden When he created woman in the garden For his delight for them to have a relationship with him, for them to walk under his protection, to walk under the shadow of the Almighty, where he knew men would have peace and protection and love and caring from God. Oh, God, everything he has is available for his children, his protection. Thank you, Jesus. You will not lack nothing if you serve him. He will make sure you have enough. Why is the world lacking. Why are, there, why are the people going hungry? Because what is lacking, what is more important than them, is relationship with the Creator. Where the Creator, our Rabbi, our Lord, our Lord, Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, the God of David, Isaac, and Jacob. That's a relationship that is missing in people's life. And then, as you seek the kingdom of heaven first, every other thing is added unto you. People out have every need you would have. He will supply according to his riches in glory, and you will have no need of food. He will supply you enough, brothers and sisters, as you seek them and cry out to him for more. He has a lot more, so much abounding. praise the Lord, than the United States and the kingdom of Solomon has for you. Jesus Christ has a lot more for you to give, but he wants you to come to him for He will help you, that He might help you, that He might be your provider, that He might be your helper. Thank you, Jesus. He has His Spirit available for you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was there in your mortal body, would help you out to serve God. The Holy Spirit was standing in that place right in front of me, looking at me. I can see Him in that beautiful heaven. Thank you, Lord. I want to give them a heart. Praise you, Lord, but there is not the time yet. Praise the Lord. I told Jesus as we walk together, Lord, I want to stay in this place. The Lord indicated that it was not the time. Very, very soon we will be in that place together. And the Lord and the Father both confirmed to me that I will be there with them. I've been very nervous about the rapture, brothers and sisters. Because I know it's close, and I don't want to stay, brothers and sisters. I don't want to stay. I don't trust my flesh. I don't trust men. I don't trust the devil either. I only trust Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. Hallelujah. Brother John, any
1: other questions? Oh, man, brother, let me tell you what I'm on fire, brother. I'm on fire. Hallelujah. Hey, I'll tell you what I feel exactly the same way. I, you know, I cry all the time. I'm like, Lord, get us out of here. This is a filthy, dirty, ugly, nasty place. Praise God. I'm always in tears, beseeching the Lord and saying, Father, please, Maranatha, have mercy upon us. You know, um, you know, I was just talking about in the early part of the uh, uh, program. Uh, In Luke 12... Uh, verse 37, where it talks about the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, uh, that we're supposed to keep our lamps burning, uh, the oil in our lamps burning, uh, that you know, and watching for Jesus, the first, second, and third watch, and 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 how exciting that is. You know, that in the Book of Ruth, you see the uh, Ruth who is a type of a, a, a Gentile, and she goes after, uh, ultimately she she becomes married to Boaz, who's a type of Jesus, kind of typologically speaking, and she. She gleans, you know, the 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 barley. She She's going through the barley harvest. Then she goes back and she's gleaning the wheat from the wheat harvest. And then she gives herself to the bridegroom, who is ultimately Boaz, which is a type of Jesus. And it's just so exciting to consider the possibilities, you know, of possibly a, a, a barley harvest, a wheat harvest. I think that there are mysteries associated with the rapture that are beyond our understanding uh, that could include... Uh, more potentially more than one harvest uh, for the bride. Uh, you know, I don't know that I don't know that it necessarily is every single one is the bride. I don't know because there are mysteries that haven't. You know, we, we we're not sure about them yet. But it's so exciting to consider it, and I think it's real important to balance. I think you would agree with this is very very important to balance the good news, you know, with a reality check, you know, um, and I know that you were shown a lot of things. You were shown, you know, of course, the incredible beauty of heaven, the golden streets. Uh, I remember you talking about how, uh, you know, the music was unbelievable and how people could play any instrument they that they wanted to, and I was just crying listening to it. I couldn't believe how awesome. And But one of the things that was kind of sobering, and it but but yet for me it was one I think of one of the most important messages you've ever brought forward. And it wasn't just you, brother. It wasn't just you it wasn't your uh bro, it wasn't uh Larry either. There was a lot of people that brought this message forward. Uh Chew Thomas, a big part of her book is focused on this too. Would you help people to understand how very huge heaven is and that and that the rewards that we are given are not all the same because we, you know, the church has given us this notion in our head that's incorrect that we're all, you know, treated exactly the same. We all live on the same street. We all get the same rewards. And I, I don't think. It's fair, and I think God is revealing the mysteries now like never before to help us. What a glorious time to be alive right now that the mysteries of the Bible are being unlocked by people who are blessed as you've been to help us understand that how we behave and the works that we do are rewarded accordingly, and it makes a big difference in where we who we become and where we are in the kingdom of God, in the city of God, you know, the kingdom of heaven when we arrive. Will you help people to know about the valleys and the outer darkness and all the different places and how big heaven is and, 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 and how important it is that we put an effort forth and be obedient to the scripture?
2: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, brother. Yes, I did share. Definitely. Heaven, brothers and sisters, Heaven is so great. Heaven is so awesome, brothers and sisters, that it cannot be compared with anything. Thank you, Jesus. It can, heaven cannot be compared with anything, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. There are different neighborhoods in heaven. Each neighborhood is totally different from one another. Uh, everyone lives within their neighborhood. Praise you, Lord. I knew that. There were people... From different different uh, race and color, who are chosen to live in different part of heaven, and the Lord grants them that they would have their own neighborhood with their own people and rejoice with their own people. Praise your Lord! It's not that anyone is not welcome; it is, but everyone gets to have different rewarding heaven from God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your Lord! And you get to speak with each and one of those persons. You get to meet them. In heaven, you get to visit those neighborhoods, thank you, Jesus, praise your Lord, and, and you get to enjoy whatever they enjoy in the neighborhood. Everyone likes different things in heaven, and so everyone, God, allows them to have them in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, like different different uh, fruit or different uh, drinks, praise the Lord, different things, different rewards, and that uh, everyone is going to be rewarded differently, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Not everyone is the same in God. God knows everyone's heart. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As i give you an example. I want to have an SUV in the millennium and a card. Or well, God is going to grant me to have that. Some people say, why, why do you need that in the millennium? And I say, why not? You see? And some people say, why do you need to have certain like things like that? Praise you, Lord, in the millennium. And I say, why not? And my father himself said that I would have this thing thank you Lord why why not brothers and sisters why cannot why can't we have
1: LV I got to jump in I got to share this with people because there's a lot you know how people are as soon as they hear something that makes them feel even a little bit uncomfortable they automatically just knee jerk and they think that it's incorrect and I'm here to tell you folks listen to what he's saying Okay, so, so a lot of people will need, jerk and I'll say, well, you know, they're not going to put, you know, people of different nationalities in different parts of heaven. And think about it. it God knows what you love. If you were born if you are a person who was born in Malaysia and your whole life you ate certain kinds of food and did certain kinds of things and listened to certain kinds of music and that's what you loved, that's what you loved all your life. It was your greatest love. Certain plants, certain foods, certain animals, that was what you loved. God is going to give you what you love. It doesn't, it's not about separating people according to their race. It's about giving them what they love. When it comes to a particular you know, you're like, why would you even need an automobile in heaven? I have a test testimony from a young woman who was also taken to heaven and she met Jesus on the top of a mountain and over the side of the mountain there was a valley and they were looking down and there were children playing and animals playing and Jesus was in believe it or not he was in a model T Ford with a little white kitten and he, and 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 the, the lady asked him Jesus why are you in a model T Ford this is very unusual I never imagined this And Jesus looked at her and said, because I like it. See, we we are so limited. We limit God. We limit the possibilities. We limit his glory and how much he loves us. We don't understand that the things that we love dearly, our pets, the animals, the birds, the foods that we love to eat, all those things, you have to magnify it times a hundred to understand that life glorified in the presence oh and don't even get me going hey elvie tell them about how how oppressed it feels to be here on the earth how there's a a darkness and oppression that that just is all around us when we're here and then when you're in heaven it's just lifted and you're in this like state of ecstasy like euphoria and all the darkness is lifted off of you tell people how it feels to actually be there
2: yes it's totally different uh when uh, one time i'm in heaven and i'm enjoying the presence of god all over heaven that Livery in God, that anointing, that presence, that power, the freedom that you have in heaven. And Lord, allow me to look down to earth and and look at the earth and, and look from heaven. It was like daylight down here. And everyone heading to work here and there, the sun was out. But it was completely dark from heaven. And the spiritual, it's dark. You, you just see that darkness, that oppression. And you wonder, how can people breathe and live in that oppression and that darkness and think that it's normal, that it's okay, because that was not in the garden. That was not in the beginning. That came later after Adam and Eve uh, decided to listen to Satan and everything was fallen from God, from the presence of God, and it all became darkness, brothers and sisters. Now in the outside of heaven you got the valleys The, the John, uh asked about the valleys. Uh David said in Psalm twenty three, though I go to a valley of shadow of death I will fear no evil. Brothers and sisters, the valley is a place where people that are saved by grace, people that have received Jesus, but the life are not uh don't look completely uh uh cleansed, holy, pure, purified not spend time enough with God to be to be made holy, well they go to the valley because they are saved by grace. They get taken to the valley like my grandfather who died in the beginning of this year He's in the valley and, and it was he he did, he only served God for a short time. He didn't have time to really uh, be cleansed and be so much a repentant brothers and sisters. And he's in the valley in in the part of the valley that I saw, uh the valley it sort of like earth, but he lived near a lake and he can get into a bowl in the valley and go out uh, fishing, whatever he wants, he likes. And he, my grandfather let me know he was happy there. He's not complaining because the valley is still protected by God, brothers and sisters. And I tell you, there is a lot of people. Uh, I've been taken to different parts of the valley, and one part looks like there are millions of people there who have been taken there for thousands of years to be cleansed, to be purified, to be made ready to go into heaven. Uh, 2 Thomas shared that they are the part of the body, which I also saw, that these people the Lord explained to her will never get out of the valleys. And I saw some of these people redeemed from heaven, came out of heaven like lightning to speak with them. I can see the redeemed, holy, holy redeemed talking with them, preaching Jesus to them. But they could hear the Lord for a little, and then they get distracted with anything else and just not make the decision for Christ. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. That's why I don't stop praying for your family because the Lord can save them through your prayers. The Lord can bring them to him and even take them to the valley. But the Lord revealed to me that these people from the valley, a lot of them, millions, are, are going to be brought down to heaven in the millennium. Brothers and sisters, they have to come to the millennium and search Christ. See, that cleanliness is not holiness and not righteousness. But so you and I are oh. told to seek now and prepare, brothers and sisters. That's for awesome,
1: the Lord. bro. That's awesome. Amen. So the Lord is going to bring. Okay, so let me. So let me just t- throw this out there because you know it's not not certainly. You know, I'm by no stretch of the imagination an expert, but. Um. So basically, what Brother LV is talking about, and oh, by the way, what he's talking about is not very well understood however when you when the lord opens your heart to the concept of the outer darkness the valleys the area Uh, the the scripture refers to it if you look at your strongs it refers to it as the shadowy area okay so if you look at the actual words it says the shadowy area so you you know that when you're in the city of God you're in a place where the light of God lights it 24 by 7 the glory of God the light of the glory of God lights it 24 by 7 there's no shadows at all there but outside out in the suburbs and further and further and further out you go the further out you go away from the city of God uh, and eventually you get into the areas known as what what Chew Thomas and Brother Elvie is referring to as the valleys. Okay now now think about this. If a person is on death row or or were or even worse, uh I don't know, I, I consider it to be a little bit worse in some ways, you have Christians who are willfully disobedient. Um they believe they love they believe that they are Christians, uh but they have never done anything. You know, James one twenty two says, uh, you know, be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, deceiving yourselves. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Yet ninety what eight percent of Christians out there, people who believe they're Christians, have never done anything on behalf of the kingdom. And so, what happens is, the, the more disobedient you are, the further out in the valleys, the further away from the city of God that you will actually live. And if you are a deathbed confession somebody who, you know, maybe you were a, a murderer or something, and you're living on death row, and somebody comes in there and witnesses to Jesus, and, and they're truly repentant, they cry, they ask for Jesus to come into their heart, and then they're killed on the electric chair. Well, they're not going to be living on the same street as you are. Uh, and and, and uh, so if you read, for example, what LV is talking about right now, you will see this in other people's testimonies. In the book by Rebecca Springer called My Dream of Heaven, there's a man that she knew called the colonel. And this colonel came to her house uh, while she was in heaven, and he said, oh, I have a task that I have to go. LV knows about tasks. There are jobs that we can yes. do. And, um, and this colonel said, my task is to go and witness to people who were death confessiones, and just like you were talking about. And I, I was really moved, brother, when you were talking about that the Lord is going to let some of the people that are trapped in the valleys come back down and learn stuff during the new millennium. That's exciting. What's going on in the new millennium?
2: Oh, the new millennium. My goodness. It is, it is, it is so beautiful. I've been taken there by the Lord. That is a future brothers and sisters. The earth get renewed again. All the evil of the BP oil thrown in the sea is going to be taken out, out of the water. All that contamination from automobile, brothers and sisters, will not be there. The pollution in the air is not going to be there. Global warming warming is not going to be there, brothers and sisters. The Lord is going to take care of this earth and make it just like it was in the beginning I saw automobiles and trucks in the millennium, but they will not run on oil. He's not going to allow anyone to pollute the earth again. They might run on electricity, some type of electricity, but not on oil like it is. And man knows how damaging the pollution is, and they keep doing it, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But Jesus Christ is going to make the earth new. He talks about in Isaiah, new heaven, and new earth. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And that's where we need to. That's where we want to go, because the new heaven God is going to create. Thank you, Lord. It's going to be so awesome, brothers and sisters. Isaiah says, Isaiah sixty-five seventeen, say Behold, I create new heaven and new earth. And the former and the former should not be remembered nor come to mind. This is another thing Jesus revealed to me. He's going to erase from our mind this life because there has been so much garbage of the enemy in this life that if we take it to the millennium, we will not enjoy everything the Lord has for us. And he wants us to enjoy it. There will be university for you to study. There will be school in the millennium. I've seen them. I've seen angels and redeemed from heaven who are ready to come down with all their teaching, brothers and sisters, with all their classes to teach humans who comes out of this time into the millennium, who comes out of the tribulation, those that don't receive the mark on the hand or on the forehead. They will be make a life again in the millennium. They will have a second chance to learn, to go to the university, to hear the message from angels, mighty angels, brothers and sisters from heaven. You're gonna see angel thirty forty fifty foot tall teaching you classes and if you if you dial my message, how can you dial their message now because I'm a human in this body, but I tell you these angels they are twenty feet tall, thirty feet tall, giving you classes, giving you homework, praise the Lord, teaching you about God, teaching you about Jesus. Bring it this study to you. For you doubting as you doubt me, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. I don't think so. I think you will listen to them. I saw a redeemed, thousands of years old, mainly from the times of Job, from the times of Abraham, I knew they were very old from the beginning. They died. They are very early. They been learning you know, from angels, from God, and they're coming down ready to teach. They're a great teacher of God, and they're coming down to teach, to teach God's word, brothers and sisters, to teach the knowledge of God in these classes and in these universities. I saw these large buildings in this place called the United States, and all these separate states, they're not separated anymore. The world is not separated anymore. It's, one, it's like one piece of land, but it's all the country that comes together as it was in the beginning When Jesus showed me the garden I knew that the garden was As, as big as the earth is Brothers and sisters No less, no more Because this earth was once Yes, there was sea on the outside of the earth But not in between Now you got lakes that were not there Millions of years ago When God created the earth They were not there brothers and sisters Because of sin Sin brings separation the math of the devil, brothers and sisters, is division. Hallelujah. Division. That's the math of the devil. The, the math of God is multiplication, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And so everything has been divided because of the devil from the beginning. A God will re- reunite everything in the millennium to multiply the races, to multiply human beings on earth for everyone to be remarried again in the millennium and have children children, brothers and sisters. again, and the Lord Jesus showed this to me uh, as, as was, I was taken by the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, one line. I had asked Jesus, were you saying the person of the Holy Spirit? I I, noticed, I I seen the Holy Spirit one time prior to that, but I wanted to see the person, as I said, completely. In one nine the Holy Spirit come and takes me out of my body in a blink of an eye. We're in the millennium. And I look to my left, and I look at the person of the Holy Spirit. He is so sweet, and He began to talk to me. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. We we had known as a Christian, and we began to walk together. And He was heading; we were heading to Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem, to this temple, in the New Jerusalem. Him and I together, and as we head to that temple, when we entered the, uh, outside the temple. I saw a pipe of limousine, a bride coming with a bridegroom in the back to get married. And I said, wait a minute, limousine in the millennium, praise the Lord. Now the mystery of being unfolded before my eyes. Thank you, Lord, so much more. And they were coming out of the card, and I noticed a bride all completely in white. But, hallelujah. Come Going into the temple together with a, with, with a boyfriend to get married or the fiance to get married, and it was so incredible. And when I walk in, in, inside, there with the Holy Spirit standing, and there's with Jesus standing marrying them as the high Wow. Oh, to wow. me, I did not know Jesus was going to do this. I did not know what God takes it so serious. But we forget that he was the one that married Adam and Eve. He married them. He established the constitution, the marriage, and the guarding. We forget that, brothers and sisters. And that was beautiful, Jesus, mighty, bright Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty God, Jesus, marrying people. Hallelujah. Putting his hand on top of the couple after he declared them married and blessing the marriage. Blessing the marriage, brothers and sisters. That's what Jesus blesses the marriage. He blesses marriage between a woman and a man. Oh God, He's so good and merciful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yeah, that for is Jesus. so
1: amazing. You know what? You know what, brother? I just love to hear this because you know, we we you know you can read the scripture, but what a gift it is that the Father has such love for us that uh, He would take folks like yourself and other people and things. And, and and as you're you know to heaven and and into the future into the millennium and things like that and to show us to to in some cases to warn us to wake us up to help us to know that we can't just sit around and do nothing if we really want to receive the uh, you know because as it says in Revelation twenty two twelve you know it says behold I come quickly and my rewards are are with me to give to each according to their work right so it's not it's not an even playing field, but we all have the same opportunity. Um, You know, you have the parable of the workers in the vineyard where you have um, Jesus explaining that it's not about the amount of time. It's not about, whether or not you worked for the kingdom for 30 years or you worked for the kingdom for uh, you know 30 days it's about you know the quality of your work that your work will be tested by fire of what sort it is 1 Corinthians three thirteen through 15 praise Jesus so we have such a golden incredible stupendous awesome opportunity that has been laid before us and we're being blessed by your blessing brother to help us understand to bring a reality a real something that we can actually relate to, to the events like the new millennium. I've known all my life. When I read this stuff about the new millennium, I, I've, I've told people, my, I said, you know what, that sounds like some kind of a boot camp. That sounds like some kind of a training session where Jesus is working side by side with us and training us for, you know, the next place that he's going to take us to, to ultimately rule and reign with him. And and, um, and and to hear these stories is just so exciting. I mean, tell people more about that. You know, how does, is there like a, like a real government? structure set up with Jesus ruling uh the you know the things that are going on are different people assigned over different areas of the earth and stuff?
2: Yes. The Lord would have his own police out of Jerusalem. Uh Isaiah said that the Lord will be the law. He will establish his own law from Jerusalem. The the main bank of the, of the Christian will be in Jerusalem in Israel. I believe it's in Tel Aviv. The bank will be in Tel Aviv and, and it's going to be incredible, brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. And the system the Lord is going to establish, he will have, like, we call here the FBI, the top the top agent, just give you an example, brothers and sisters. It won't have all the mystery the FBI have, and, and they will not find the light of the devil either. Praise the Lord, they will serve Jesus. I tell you that. But uh, And then there will be the local police in different countries, uh, different, different states, they will have the local police, which they, they know and understand that they have to work together with the, with the with the police of Jesus Christ, and they have to stand for righteousness and holiness. I participated a few nights that I was taken to the Millennium with the local police. I, w- I was taken to class, and I took the class to be a, a police officer in the Millennium, and I passed, and I became a police officer. And I went out with them, brothers and sisters, arresting people who were committing sin if a woman was selling herself because there will be prostitution around the half of the millennium and on, brothers and sisters. I believe this is why one of the reasons the Bible is going to be released for a short season, brothers and sisters, the Bible says, because there are people that still want to sin. It's not the Lord well, it's not God well, but it's it's what people want to do. Praise the Lord, and God is not going to go against people's will. It's like if I and Eve wanted to listen to the serpent, he was not going to stop them. It was for them to say no to the devil. But they say yes, and now we see the result. Same thing in the millennium. If people uh, choose, uh, I seen women who try to sell their body. a man was having to do a task, I seen them tempting them, and we walk immediately to them, and we arrest them, and they say, "What is the charges?" And we say because you're trying, you are seducing these men to sell your own body, and this is a crime. You're breaking the law. All the law will be established, the law of God, and and we, they get arrested, and they, they will be prisons, as they will be hospital. I also visited someone in a hospital who has sinned after they had a glorified body who came from heaven, and his body after being glorified became normal because of sin, and began to get sick began to age, brothers and sisters, and the person was taken to the hospital because it, it, it had an illness, and I seen doctors in the hospital taking care of these people with medication and with prayer. I I saw a doctor saying to this man, would you like me to pray for you this time or just give you the medication? And I saw him saying, um, give me the medication, but also pray for me. And so... Uh you, people are always have a, a problem with doubt and unbelief, brothers and sisters. There's been a sickness from hell for the heart of Satan that contaminates men to get them to have this unbelief in their life. And so they are still receiving the prayer, believing the Lord will heal them and seeing other the people that were healed, praise the Lord, because uh one little doctor says to me, I know you I know you're here to see and learn what happens to people and it's barely uh, uh uh, uh, what you see happening to people is what they choose to do out of their own choice which God is not going to go against people will, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And I also, i seen all this, and I saw a friend of mine that I knew also, who had also fallen, holy men of God that work with God. they fallen in the millennium, they committed great sin, brothers and sisters, and, and they were struggling. They were struggling because the, uh, when you sin in the millennium, you can repent, and the Lord can restore you back to the state you were before. And you you you're working in your glorified body. You got to stay from sin. You cannot sin in your glorified body, because then you become earthly body, like the body you and I have now. Brothers and sisters, basically the law of the garden. Adam and Eve work like in a spiritual body, glorified body. But when they sin, their body became earthly body. Brothers and sisters.
1: Praise wow! It almost sounds like it almost sounds like like the Lord, like you know, uh, like like you know the the metaphor or the analogy I was using was like a kind of like a boot camp, a training camp. And um, I've always felt that in my spirit, that the new millennium had to be some kind of a boot camp or a training camp. And what you're describing sounds uh, suspiciously like the Genesis 6-4 problem, where you had the sons of God who were, at the time, in glorified bodies, obviously, and then they came yeah. down voluntarily and into the daughters of men and bore children under them, uh, e.g. the Nephilim, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it almost seems like that the people with the the glorified bodies, e.g. the bride of Jesus Christ, are allowed, and I, to keep me keep me sane here, I'm just guessing, I don't know, but it almost sounds like those who were part of the bride, those who were glorified uh, at, at the time of the rapture are the ones who are allowed to rule and reign with Jesus and are allowed into the New Jerusalem. But but the temptation that exists in the new millennium is such that even those who are glorified have uh, like a like an additional test uh, presented before them, where they could, if they choose to, fall again and ultimately lose their glorification. Is that what you were what you were saying?
2: Yes, yes, that wow. could happen. I have wow. I seen very holy men of God falling in the millennium. And I wonder of this, but it's true. It is real. Uh, the earth is just renewed, like the Garden of Eve. God gives through Jesus Christ humanity another thousand year. Remember Adam almost went to a thousand year with God, but it was it was it was it was the devil who tempted them and had them fallen. Well, another thousand year we have. Praise the Lord with God. And, and now men again, by the end of the millennium, are struggling to serve God. I, I saw people revealing against God. They didn't want to do God's will no more. They thought Jesus was too hard to them because the law, he is the law of the land. And he 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 ruled with an iron, brothers and sisters, very hard. He, he's not going to tolerate adultery, fornication, and all these things. He's always willing to forgive to those that repent. But those that want to continue to sin, they they are going to get themselves in so much trouble, brothers and sisters. Yes, it will be great revelation of God. Like I said, like the water covers the sea with the knowledge of the Lord be on the land, for sure in the millennium. This is what we, the way it's going to be. Jerusalem will be the capital of Jesus Christ, I like can always been. And he will rule the earth from there again. Beautiful Christ, beautiful Jesus. But he demands obedience. Father God demands obedience from you and I, and Jesus told me, praise the Lord, he's going to give people the desire of their heart. But if people choose to sin, they are going to get in the same trouble, Adam and Eve, find themselves into. It might even worse, because the devil is going to be loosened for a season, short season, with the season is three months, brothers and sisters according to our calendar, three months. So the devil will be losing for three months again. Praise the Lord. But The Lord showed me that when Satan got losing, I was amongst the multitude when Satan got loosened from the pit, and I, I saw him coming out, and people were questioning, when you're bound in hell, uh, uh, when you're in hell. He says, no, I come from a little trip. He began to ride again. And he says, your king had, had really i really making it hard for you to do what you want to do. He says, follow me, and you will do whatever you want to do. And people began to follow the devil again because man thinks that they can live without God, and that is not possible.
1: It's not wow no i know it's just amazing thank you jesus for those of us who will have been woken up and received the glory of god and and uh and and be able to see the big picture praise jesus hey and um we we only have a few minutes left can you um share with the folks because they need to know this um you had uh seen, you had been taken into the Great Tribulation and seen some pretty horrible things. I recall you had seen um, uh, these, I don't know, lizard, reptilian looking creatures that were chasing people around and killing them in parks and things like this. I I, 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 I don't want to, you know, we're going to close with a prayer for sure, and we're going to give the glory to Jesus before we close the show, but would you give people a quick glimpse into how horrible the Great Tribulation is so they understand understand how vitally important it is that we are on our knees repenting before the lord turning away from sin and living holy and righteous lives will you help them understand how bad it's going to be oh yes
2: it's going to be very bad the tribulation verses let's these demons from the heavenly places they they um if i had more time i would share more of the things the lord has revealed to me about them but i tell you this i'm going to try to be quick uh, I've seen them going out uh, all over the world, especially in the United States, uh, where I was shown most of the things in some part of Germany, Europe, brothers and sisters. And, and they are a fallen angel. They are evil things. They do have like lizard eyes. They go out. I saw them, some of them have swords where they can kill, they can torment people with them because that will, el- will elude everyone. People want to die because of the pain and suffering, but they cannot. And these demons know that. So they begin to to torment people. One way they can crush people together. And people are in severe pain, brothers and sisters. They're in severe pain. They don't want to be in that pain no more. But these demons have no mercy on people. Young children, children after eight years old, seven, eight years old, they're in the tribulation and they're being chased by these demons. They are being kicked and punched around by these demons and these, these you see this young man, these young girls suffering. These demons just want to turn men they're leaving data out of people because they know about God and they can repent. They can repent and, and they can come to God and so they're putting people through so much suffering so they will repent. They will take it against God and they will blame God for all this and they begin to blaspheme God and people like hars and heart are like, Wow, But they have no mercy. They have no caring for anyone, brothers and sisters. This is why people need to repent. I saw even 30 feet tall and more grabbing people, grabbing young kids and throwing them around and just punishing people, praise the Lord, severely. Seeing people crying out in pain, and they're, they're laughing. They're enjoying people's pain. Because that's what the devil and these demons fear about. They want to turn in the demon daylight out of people. Because they know they only have about a short time. They know the tribulation is only seven years. And Father God is going to allow them, including these that are working in CERN, these scientists, these people that don't want to take heed to God's message, God's word, and stop walking on this machine, this machine in CERN. I hope Brother John brings you another time to talk about CERN because they are the God has revealed to me what they are doing in CERN and it's all is so evil. The Father God says to me, he he's allowing these scientists to make this machine. And he's going to allow them to release these demons. That some of them have a book about them and has they have communication with these demons or alien and CERN and, and they are making this machine according to how these demons told them to build it. The measurement the, and even the even the, the tool, even the, the 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 cable and everything they're using, the technology being used in CERN is all demonic, it's all out of this earth, it is all evil, and what they are doing is so evil and, and Father God says he's going to allow them to release these demons out of the pit and I saw these demons coming out and I saw them attacking people, killing people, doing all this evil and Father God says to me, sooner he takes his children home in the ratchet, he's going to allow sir to open this door that they so much look forward to open in their life and know the mystery this evil black hole that they are they are so close to open it is the door these demons need to come out of the pit. these demons these these giants are 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 that have been locked up since since the grinding." Since the times of Noah, verse insisted, since they made man and beast together, the DNA of man and the DNA of a beast, they combined to make man and beast. And God said, I'm going to destroy from the earth man and beast, because that's exactly whom they were. It was the DNA of a man mixed with the DNA of a beast. Praise the Lord, and another time I can share more. You got to be. Oh yeah. this is
1: horrible. What they're doing. Oh yeah, brother, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're gonna do. Now, now our schedule is a little bit uh, booked up, but I'm I want to get you in as soon as we can, and that's okay because we got a little bit more time. You know, that is if we're not in glory together. If we're in glory, brother, I'm giving you such a big head. Your head's. I'm gonna give you such a big hug. Your head's gonna pop off, and we'll be running around looking for your head. No, I'm just kidding. Praise Jesus. But anyway,
0: listen.
1: <laughs> so anyway. If you would, we're down to the four-minute mark. God bless you. We're going to go ahead and schedule you if you, if you would join us, because we would like to give, give you a, a whole hour and a half to share with people the things that the Lord showed you about just the Great Tribulation, because people need to understand. Negative motivation, that message is powerful, because it will help people understand that, well, let's be honest, God is not just love God is also vengeance God is also judgment, and he's not taking any prisoners. And when the Great Tribulation starts, anyone who is left behind is going to be horrified, but beyond their most horrible, nightmarish dreams. And Brother Elvie has been shown those things. And uh, praise Jesus, Brother. God bless you. I think it's a vital message, and we need to get you back on as soon as possible. So I'll get with you real soon. We'll get you into the calendar, because that is a very important message for the body of Jesus Christ to spread out to everyone out there so that we can get as many people on their knees repenting and turning away from their sin and seeking Jesus with all their heart before it's too late. Brother, will you close with a prayer tonight for us?
2: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I want to thank you for this night, oh, Lord. That you, Lord, allow us to share your knowledge with your people, Lord. Please, Father, awaken the eyes the eyes and ears and heart of your people, that their spirit and soul who are so hungry for you. Lord, be awakened tonight, Lord. Praise, Lord, to eat the manna from heaven, Lord, the manna you have available for your children, your knowledge, Lord. Lord Jesus, work on everyone's heart. Prepare them, Lord, to meet you in the air, Lord. Prepare their life. Lord Jesus, prepare them, Lord to meet you in the air, Lord, to meet you in this lecture, Lord. i them to the hour, Lord Jesus. I know you're not giving up on anyone, Lord. Anyone, Lord, help them, Jesus. Help your people, Lord, to come close to you, Lord, and be delivered from the evil, hallelujah, and let acknowledge the devil, that they come to the truth, Lord Jesus, because your knowledge of truth will set them free, oh Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray I thank you, Lord. Thank
1: you, In Jesus. Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. You, Folks, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, deceiving yourselves. Get the word out to people. Send this out. Put it on your Facebook pages. Put it out everywhere. Help people understand that we are given the greatest opportunity since before the foundations of the earth, and that time is now glory to Jesus thank you brother Elvie what a great message tonight God bless you we'll get you on the calendar real soon again thank you so much Shalom brother Shalom
2: Shalom brother thank you
3: to be here, to be speaking of and sharing the things that the Lord's been revealing to me and what the Lord would like his people to know in this time. But before I start, um, I would like to open up with a word of prayer. Um, So let's all um, close our eyes and, and know that we're in the presence of the Lord and let's open up our hearts and let's ask the Lord Jesus to come and to touch us, to speak to us, to minister to us and to change what he wants to change. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we will humbly come before you this day. Father, I pray that you forgive all of us of all of our sins. Forgive all of us of all of our iniquities. Oh, Father God, make everything new in our lives. Oh, Jesus, we invite you to come. Oh, Jesus, without you there is no life, there is only death. Father God, I pray that you would come and that you would let your light fall this place. Oh, Lord Jesus, come, Father God, in full, Lord Jesus, the waves, Father God, the, 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 the transmission lines, Father God, with your Holy Spirit. Oh, Father God, come and take over every one of us. Come and take over our homes. Come and take over our lives. Come and take over our families. Oh, Lord Jesus, we invite you to come and to do your will. Oh, Father God, we ask you to establish your kingdom in our hearts, oh, Lord Jesus. Because, Father God, where there is your presence, there is your O oh, Lord, and where there is your spirit, or there is an answer, Father God, there is freedom and there is deliberation. Oh Father God, pour your anointing, pour your presence upon us. Father God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, I'd fill all my brothers and all my sisters which are holy spirit. Spirit. Oh, Father God, with your holy fire come into us and come and cleanse us. Oh, Jesus, come and pour out your anointing. Come and pour out your favor. Oh, Father God, let your will be done in all of us right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, break every curse. Oh, God, break every yoke. Oh, God, break every bondage. In the name of Jesus, I reverse every work of Satan in the lives of anyone that is listening. I rebuke the works of the devil from the lives of all my brothers and all my sisters that are on. Oh, Father God, forgive them of all their sins. Father God, forgive. Forgive me to of all my sins. Forgive us of our sins. Oh, Father God, your word so that if we confess our sins to you, Father God, you are faithful and just to forgive us. So, Father God, we humbly come before you. And, Father God, we actually forgive us of all of our sins. Father God, make us holy and clean. Oh, Father God, let us become perfect, priceless virgins before you, oh Lord. Oh, cleanse us, Father God, of all sin and of all iniquity. Father God, I pray that as I'm going to speak, let these words not be my own. But, Father God, let them be your own words. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray speak to me. I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus that you will touch your people, that I minister to your people, that Father God, the spiritual blockades and your ears will be removed, and that you'd open up their ears so that they could hear you, they will not be spiritually deaf anymore, but Father God, you'd open up their ears spiritually so that they could hear you, Father so that they could know your word and that they could know your will. So Father God, I thank you for this time. Father, thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Oh, Jesus, come. Jesus, come and touch everyone because, Jesus, without you, we can't do anything. Jesus, we need you more than the air that we breathe. Oh, Jesus, come, come. Oh, Jesus, come. Come and speak to my brothers and my sisters. Oh, Jesus, come and minister to them. Oh, Jesus, come and pray to them, oh Jesus, come, come and let your will be done. Oh Jesus, come and let your will be done. Pour out your spirit, oh Jesus, pour out your favor, oh Jesus, pour out your love, your joy, and your mercy, Father God, and your tender, loving kindness and your grace, Father God. Show it to your people, Father God. Show them how great and mighty you are. And Father God, I also pray, Father God, for all the Muslims and all those, Father God, that are worshiping other false idols. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. That you would let them know the truth, Father God. Let them know the only truth, that is your son Jesus. That it is he that died, and it was he that rose up on the third day. He defeated and and overcame death, Father God. And right now he's seated at at your right hand side, Father God. And you have put all things underneath him, and you have given all authority to your holy son Jesus. So, Father God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that you would please set people free. Set your captives free. Father God, deliver those that need to be delivered. Father God, heal those that need to be healed. And, Father God, anoint my lips and speak through me, Father. Let these words not be my own, but, Father God, let them be yours. Father, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Please, Jesus, forgive us. We repent, God. Make everything new, Father. We are so sorry. Father God, make everything new. We humbly come before you. We, we repent. We repent. Forgive us of all of our sins, Jesus. Restore all of our hearts, our souls, and our minds, and make everything new in all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. With thanksgiving, amen. Yes, shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome, everyone, to the Lord's Hour. I'm really happy to be here, to be sharing, and to be speaking of what the Lord the Lord would like His people to know in this time. I'd like to encourage all of you to know that we're still in the waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ. And He is coming so soon. He's coming soon so, so soon, and I encourage all of you to, to to keep waiting, and just to keep waiting for Him, because the Word of God says, you know, as we wait, and as we endure, it's like we become clean, it's like the Word of God purges us, and we become more perfect, and, you know, it's like God is waiting for us to be ripe, because as you all know, there are still so many people that are still living in sin. So many people that think they're a bride. So many people that think they're ready are still not ready. And God loves, and you know, God would love to save, would love to save and harvest a huge, a huge, a huge, a huge, a huge, plentiful amount of souls. So God desires that so many people be saved. So that's why I encourage all of you, brothers and sisters, to keep. Helping other people. Keep doing the work of God. That is spreading the word of our Lord Jesus. That is helping to make sure that souls are saved. Do all you can to make sure that brothers and sisters are delivered from their sins. And their their chains are broken. Pray for them. Fast for them. You know, help them in any way that you can. Show them the love of Jesus Christ. Because it is through that love that they could see. That they could really know that you really are a follower of Jesus. Because in this because in, in, in this way, they will know that Jesus sent you. They will know that you are a true disciple of Jesus. As if you show the love of God. So make sure that you show the love of God everywhere you go and all that you do. And, and how can you show the love of God yourself? How can you show the love of God to someone if you yourself have not even experienced the love of God? And that is through seeking the Lord. That is through letting Jesus touch your heart. That is through letting Jesus make that great difference in your life. Our Lord Jesus Christ. He is so good. He's so wonderful. He's the most marvelous God that we could ever have. And Jesus is God. He's the Son of God, but He's the Word. He's the Word in the flesh. He is Father God in the flesh. I know many people probably might not understand or agree, but this is a revelation that you know you receive once the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. So ask the Lord. Seek the Lord about this. Fast about this, and ask Father God if he is his son jesus in the flesh and he'll tell you that yes it's true because it's true father god is is his precious wonderful son jesus christ in the flesh and and he's given he's given all authority to his son all authority belongs to him jesus is the word jesus is so special he's so precious he's above any other god he's ab- he's above all these other false gods these Buddha, all these other things that people are worshiping, people have to open their eyes and see that these these false gods, these false—they're de- just demons, okay? People are just worshiping demons and principalities. And and the last dream I had that I shared on the Lord's hour, the Lord showed me that that Satan was 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 very fat. He was very fat, and my understanding that I received from Satan being very fat was because he he has, he had. Been able to devour a lot. He had been able to devour a lot of what God wanted His people to receive. He's, he was able. To, he had succeeded in stealing and deceiving so many souls. He had succeeded in taking taking a lot of things away from God's people. The Lord is showing me that Satan was succeeding because people were allowing him to. That was why he was so fat. But the truth is, Satan didn't have any power. Because all power belongs to God. All power belongs to Jesus. And God has given all that power to you and I. Because when you receive His Son, Jesus, all all that power begins to dwell in you. It lives in you. It dwells in you. So I want all of you to know that the Word of God, it's it's living and it's powerful. It's sharper than every double-edged sword. It pierces and divides through bone and marrow and soul and spirit. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is so powerful. And you need these, you need this word so that you can cut all the sin and all the darkness that is in your life out. So that Satan will not overcome you. So that Satan will not defeat you. Because Satan just comes off. He masquerades as as someone that could overcome, but he can't, he can't. Because in a dream, the Lord did show me this, and he was he was very fat, and he looked like he had power, he could do something. But but that was because of the open doors that we have. If you have open doors to sin, meaning if you sin, Satan has rights. He could come in to your life, and he could knock you down. He could take you out. Because, you know, the Word of God says in James, yes, as it says in James, that... Um, You know, it starts from a desire, you get a desire to sin, and then when you don't overcome that desire, that desire will give birth to sin. And when you don't repent of your sin or stop sinning, your sin will eventually lead to death, and you will die. And there's more detail to this death than most people think. Well, it's not just that, like, I know some people might think of it as, well, when you sin and everything, it means you die by a car accident and then you you lose your life. But there's actually more to it than that. It's not just talking about dying to a car accident physically. Because some people could die to car accidents and still go to heaven. And, you know, people could die in so many means. But just because someone dies physically, it doesn't mean that their spirit is dead. Someone could die physically but be alive in their soul and in their spirit and someone could be alive physically and be dead in their spirit. So what James was talking about in the scripture was that sin would let you die in your spirit and that death is the death that is in your spirit. And once you're dead in your spirit, you're eventually gonna die because if you're dead in your spirit you're um you're temporary because you haven't crossed over to the permanent, the 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 Immortal yet, so once there's sin in your heart, your sin, sin accumulates, and then it means that you will eventually die. And once you die, you're gone. And you, once you're gone, once you die, you're going straight to hell. So what James was, tra- was talking about here is that when someone sins, they die in their spirits; they die in their soul. He's not talking about physical death, where someone dies by a car accident or dies in a hospital. No, because people die in the hospital and go to heaven. And that death is just a crossing over. It's not really real death. Real death is when someone dies in their spirit, and that's what you want to avoid. Dying physically, it's it's nothing. It's it's, it's nothing. Even the disciples and even Jesus, they went through it. Jesus went through it so that we would all be saved. So I mean, if if, Jesus, if the Lord calls you home and He lets you die, thank Him for it. I mean, after every when you go to, I mean, you'll be thankful for everything. It's not. Really, that's not really the death that James was talking about because because the real death that you should watch out for and to be, and you should be careful of is the spiritual death that you get when you sin, because when you sin, your soul literally dies, and when your soul is dead, Satan can easily come and drag you and just drag a soul to hell and and just kill you physically. And that's what you have to be, you have to avoid. Because sin gives Satan and demons power over your life. There are so many times that people struggle. There's so many times that people suffer. There's so many times that people go through things and they complain. And they're hurt and they're unhappy. And they're really sad about, you know, what they're going through. And the reason is, is because demons are influencing your life. In ways that you can't see, because there's invisible beings, invisible falling angels called demons, and their sole purpose, what, what what they're what they're doing is to destroy God's creation, is to drag all humans, all souls to hell, especially. And that's what their focus is on. And how do you allow demons in your life? How you allow demons in your life if you sin? If you repeatedly do things you're not supposed to do, is you sin and you don't repent. Demons are real, and they and you know they're always around. They they come in to attack people unexpectedly. If you have a gift of discernment, then you could discern the demons when they come around to attack you. But as I as as I as I said previous in the Lord's hour, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. All of you have to know this. The real battle is not in the flesh. So. Everyone, try not to try not to hate your brothers and sisters. And try not to be angry at your brothers and sisters. Try to love them. Because remember, they're in the image of God. And if you do something to your brother or sister, it's exactly like you're doing it to Jesus. When you love someone, when you're loving to someone, when you help someone, or when you give someone food that needs food, or when you help someone that needs desperate help, you're not helping them, you're helping Jesus. Because everything that you do, it's as it's, it's like you're doing, because when you do something to someone, because man was made in the image of God, and it's like we were created like God, because the word of God says, you know, he's made his, has he not made us like God? As God is, so are we, as he is, so are we. God has made us very similar to him but he's the greatest of all and he's made us like little baby gods he's made us like him and when you do something to someone you're doing it to Jesus you're doing it to God that's exactly how how it is like so in your daily lives as you go around as you as you go about and going and coming coming back in your daily lives um watch the deeds you do watch the things you say and be careful to make sure that everything you do, you're doing it as though you were doing it to Jesus. Because really, everything you do, you do it to Jesus. If you lie to someone, you're lying to Jesus. And that's how you're going to be judged. You're going to be judged according to, to what you have done. And and everything you've done is as though you did to Jesus. So if, you, if, if Jesus takes your sin away, then he saved you from your sins. But what it is, is if you go back to your sins, if you return to your vomit, then it means you've rejected your salvation and you will you you you've become a sinner again, and what it is you need to become born again um what I'm trying to say is this that your salvation is not really it's it's like how do I say this the love of the love that God has for you is conditional it, i mean is it, is unconditional i mean it's not conditional it's unconditional whether you sin. Or don't sin. Whether you do good or bad, God still loves you. The love that God has for you is unconditional. I'm sorry for for the slip of tongue in my earlier sentence. The love that God has for you is unconditional. He loves you regardless. Whether you're a sinner or you do good, God still loves you. But, heaven can only accept what is righteous and what is holy. So, it's like, when you sin, you will lose your salvation. When you sin, you lose your robe. When you sin, you lose your status as a bride. So you could be a bride today, and tomorrow you could be a sinner that's going to hell if they don't repent. So it's it's like you have to fight to keep your salvation status constant. Because um, the love that God has for us is not conditional. God has unconditional love for us, but... Our salvation is conditional. It's based, on con- it's, like it's based on the terms and conditions. If you believe in Jesus, and if you obey the laws of Jesus, you, if you love Jesus, because it is only those that truly love Jesus that will be changed. Because for some people, as it says in, in Timothy, you know, some people on the outside, they do everything that they should do, but in their hearts, they reject the true power that could save them. Some people do the deed. They go to church. They pray. They fast. They do everything that a Christian would do, except they don't have the heart of a Christian. They don't have the heart that loves Jesus. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, the most important thing that you need as a Christian is loving Jesus. That trumps every other thing. What you need is to love Jesus. It's not about your deeds. Like Focus on working on your heart and make sure that your heart is a heart that loves Jesus. That is what God cares about the most because that that's what makes you a true bride when you love Jesus. Because a bride and a husband, their relationship is based on marriage. And marriage is based on, you know, love. And and that's when you become a bride of Jesus. When you really love Jesus. So I encourage all of you to make sure that your heart is in the right place with Jesus. Yes, as it says in the Word of God, the Lord is coming for a pure and a spotless bride, a bride that that has given everything and that has surrendered everything to the Lord. And, you know, that is deeply in love with the Lord. That is waiting for the Lord. God wants a bride that is like, let's say if the Lord was coming just right now, if He came right now, you'd be ready to go with Him. You won't tell the Lord, Lord, I, I, I need to do one more thing. I have something left to do. No, the Lord doesn't want that. The Lord wants a bride that is ready right now. That would if the lord would appear right now you'd be ready to go with them right now and that's what really makes someone a true bride someone that's ready at all times when you sin and you know you don't repent you just begin to lose your status as a bride because you're not ready and the lord explained this to me in detail yes um i had this dream um yeah a while ago was, yeah many years ago but i but i still rem- i still remember because i mean that's one of the 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 marks or the trademarks, or that's one of the things about dreams you get from God, no matter how how long you you have since the time you have them you're usually ab- always i you're usually able to always remember them, and in this dream, I saw this young boy he was around the age he was he was let's say approaching um becoming an adolescent or a teenager who he, he had not really reached the age of um um he was like let's say. And most, maybe 12 years old. He was between, let's say, 8 and 12. And in this dream, I saw the little boy. And Jesus had come down for him. I saw Jesus. Jesus had gold hair. He was really tall. Jesus looked like a really tall man. He looked like he was, he was I mean, from the dream, he looked really tall. Like, over, um, let's say, over about, over 6, over 6 foot, I knew that. I felt like, in the dream, he was over 6 foot. He looked so handsome, and he had, like, gold hair that was slightly curled, like it was gold, but the, the tips was, there was a slight, there was a turnover at the tips and it was slightly curled and it was gold and it was so beautiful and Jesus looked so handsome and so beautiful and his face was so beautiful his face was filled with like joy and happiness and it's like he so, and I could tell, like I could feel that Jesus was so happy that he was coming to pick the little boy up to heaven and I saw I saw that in the dream um he was Jesus was also wearing such a beautiful robe and he looked really tall and really 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 handsome and and he was so happy to come down to pick up the boy to take him up to heaven but Jesus also showed me that even though the boy was just a little boy he had reached a point where because he knew what was good and bad he could choose he had reached a point where he could choose i think the the boy had reached the age of accountability, and he had he had reached the age where he could choose the difference between bad and wrong i mean bad and good and wrong and right and in this dream, Jesus came and he was Jesus was standing in front of the little boy talking to him because and in the dream, I could just see how how Jesus loves little children. Jesus loves children of 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 every kind of of all races of 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 all of all sizes. Jesus just loved this boy so much and and I saw he was um, yeah, this boy was, was, yeah, he was a a small he was, yeah, he didn't look that big. He looked he looked like a, a young little boy. He was this this boy in this in this small um, um, this small. I could see that in the dream, Jesus had come for this boy, and and this boy was was in this this African, this small African country, and Jesus came to pick him up to take him to heaven. And in the dream, the boy was so happy, and he was, like, so excited to meet Jesus, and Jesus was ready to pick him up. Jesus was taking him up to heaven. But um, the little boy said, um, um, but this is what the boy told Jesus, after Jesus told him that he had come to pick him up. The boy said, um, um, well, Jesus, I there's something that I really like that I want to go pick up. I want to go get the thing that I really like, and I think it was a kind of food or something. And then the boy, when the boy told Jesus, I, um, he he just left. The boy went off. When I could, from what I remember, the boy just went off and went to pick up what he had, what what he wanted, it was something that he really. It was one of his favorite things that he really liked to to eat when he was, you know. And something that he really liked to eat, so he went off to go get what he liked. And when he went to take it, when he came back, Jesus was gone, and he was really disappointed and really sad. And he was looking for Jesus, but he he couldn't find Jesus. And I could see that around the time that Jesus came and was talking to the boy to pick him up, I could see that the the clouds had changed. The sky had changed. The 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 spirit and the atmosphere was so different. It felt like something great was happening. And it felt like the only thing that mattered was Jesus. And the only thing that matters, mattered was the Word of God. I could see that in the atmosphere, all the things, you know, businesses, people's life affairs, didn't matter anymore. The only thing that mattered was Jesus. I could just feel that so strong in the atmosphere. And the clouds had changed. The sun was different. Like... The sun was looking sort of goldeny. I don't like the clouds were looking gold like like excuse my excuse my term for goldeny. I'm excused for using that term goldeny I'm sorry about using that term um but it had like a golden glow. The clouds were golden, and they had like this really unusual color in the clouds. The atmosphere had changed, and the atmosphere was so different, and it was gold and it was they had this color and it was so beautiful and Jesus had come to pick up. This little boy to heaven because says no you know Jesus he he loves little children so much and you know this boy he he didn't really know so much about what he was doing and you know when he left off and Jesus came and he let Jesus to go pick up that one thing when he came back Jesus was gone Jesus was no longer there and in this dream the Lord spoke a lot to me the Lord let me know a lot that he wanted his people to know that when children reach a certain age, they will be held accountable for their actions. They will be held accountable for what they do. And I don't know what age it was. I I, I really forgot the age the child was, but it was, let's say, between, let's say, I'm not sure, but it was you could say it was between maybe 8 and maybe 13 years old. He could be somewhere there, or maybe even 9 and 8 years old. I don't remember. But in this part of the dream, those are show that the, the child had... had what the Lord is showing that the child had also reached the age of accountability, where they know the where they they knew the difference between right and wrong, and good and bad. So, so parent, I encourage you with, with 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 all the strength and passion that I have, to do all you can to raise your children well. If they haven't reached the age of accountability, like if they're babies or toddlers, then then I mean then I mean it's it's okay because they're gonna go home to heaven either way because. Little children don't go to hell. They're going, they're going to go to heaven. God's going to take them to heaven. But once they reach a certain age where they they can judge between good and bad, then they will be judged. So I encourage you to, if you know that your child knows the difference between good and bad, train him. Train the word of God to train the train the child. You know in what way he should go, so that when he grows, he will not depart from it. Because a lot of children end up the way they are because of how children, because of how their parents let them be, and don't let your child be what he wants to be. Let your child be what God wants him to be, because God knows what is best. Because God created every child with a purpose. God created him and gave him to you. He's not yours. He's for God. So you have to raise. You better raise the child how God wants him to be raised. If you raise the child how You want the child to be raised, and if things don't end up well, you will be judged. You'll be held accountable, because you'll be judged for everything you've done. And if because of you, your child really suffers, um, if you don't repent from your sins, you will also pay the price. So as parents, having a child is a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of things, you know, there's things you can do, and there's things that you can also not do, because the child has his own will, because when God creates he gives everyone their free will to choose what they want. And they do whatever they want at a certain point. But sometimes as kids, try not to leave them alone to do what they want. Try to train them in the way that you want to see them as their adults. Make sure that you, you train them up with the Word of God. And you pray and you fast for them. Because the Word of God says, whatever thing it is you ask and you believe, it will be done. If you remember the parable of the fig tree. When Jesus went to the fig tree... And um, it didn't bear fruit. Jesus cursed it, and it, it shriveled. The, the tree just, you know, it just withered and just died instantaneously. And, you know, Jesus, he told the disciples, he was showing them his power. He was showing them how much, how you could just speak to anything, and just with faith, it will just happen instantaneously. Jesus told them that you can speak to a mountain to cast itself into the sea and it will obey. So when you say something in faith and you believe, and absolutely have no doubt, it will happen. But I tell you, to have that level of faith, what the, what Jesus said was, you have no doubt. Because just a little bit of doubt contaminates so much faith and brings so much faith down. That's why you have to make sure that you don't have any seed of sin in you. That's why you have to keep constant, constantly being sure that every sinful desire is constantly rejected in your mind. Because you, the temptation, the desire, sometimes will start in your mind, and then if you accept it, it goes into your heart. When it comes into your heart, you do it, and then when you do it, it, it just you do the sin, and then eventually you 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 die in um, spirit. What you have to do is that you have to make sure that you cut off the sin. Make sure that you cut sin off at the point of desire in your mind. Make sure that when you, do, you when you're desiring to sin in your mind. Cut it off. Reject it. Make sure that it's gone. Make sure that the desire that you have in your mind, is it disappears. You fight it off. Because if you give way to that desire in you, that desire will give birth to to you acting upon that thought. So it's very important to get rid of sin as it's a baby desire in your heart. When you don't get rid of the desire, the desire will, will, will be born into real sin And you will fall when you fall into such. When you sin, you will fall and you will lose your salvation and you will be going into hell. And these are not my words. These are the words of God. These are the words of Jesus Christ. You need to repent from your sins and you need to take over. You need to let the Holy Spirit move through. You need to let the Spirit of God work through you and do His will. And and, you know you need to fight the good fight of faith. This is what the Lord shows me. That um, this is what the Lord, the Lord was showing me today, that He showed me that when someone has sin in their lives, um, when you're when there's sin in your heart, it's hard for you. It's hard for you to experience the love of God, because God's anger and wrath is over you. When you sin, you have God's anger and God's wrath over you. So sometimes you won't always really experience the love of God. You won't always experience the love of God as you should. It's not because God doesn't love you. No, no, no. God loves you. He loves everyone. Even the people in hell, He loves them. God loves everyone. It's just that just because He loves you doesn't mean you're coming to heaven. You need to love Him back before you can come to heaven. And if you love God back, you will obey His laws and His commandments. What the Lord was showing was is this, that if you really love Him, you will repent. And when you repent, his anger that is over you will be lifted because God's anger is upon the sinners. Those that sin and those that don't repent, they have God's wrath over them. God's anger and his wrath is over the heads of all those that are sinning and all those that are unrighteous, all those that are committing abominations. God's anger and wrath is over them. When they repent from their sins, the anger is removed and they're they're able to freely experience the love of God. So, for so many of you, you might not really experience God's love because of sin. Because when we're sinning, God is angry. And He's not angry at you because He loves you, but He's angry at the sin and what you're doing because He loves you. God doesn't want to be angry at you, but it's like if you sin, you will experience God's anger. God does get angry at Yes, God gets angry at us. He gets really upset at us. But he still loves us because of what we do. Because he has emotions. He loves us regardlessly. But he's angry at what we're doing. That's why we have to change. Because when we change what we're doing, he's not angry at us anymore. So his, God's anger is at sin. And when you accept sin, you res- God's anger comes in, comes towards you. Because you're sinning. Because God's anger is towards sin and when anyone who sins, God's anger turns on them. That's why those that sin and don't repent, they will be left behind in a tribulation and they'll experience God's wrath. But God being so merciful, I thank God whenever, like just the, just the thought of knowing that God is going to shake the earth and shake the heavens before the rapture, it gives me so much joy. Like I'm so thankful. And when I think about how God's going to bring earthquakes and tsunamis and tornadoes and hurricanes. When I think about all that, I'm so thankful to the Lord God Almighty. I am really thankful, and I appreciate so much what God is doing, how God is letting the judgments come. When I think of that, I'm so thankful, because I know, because it's, it's been my prayer, because I actually prayed about that, even before I knew that judgments were going to come. Before I, I actually prayed about that. This happened to me when I was, when I was in college, my first year in college. I had no idea that. I, I didn't even know that judgments were going to come, and I, I just I just thought that the rapture was going to happen. I just thought it was just going to happen suddenly, and in my heart, I was praying to God. I was like, "Lord, I, I begged God. I was so scared and so terrified because I wanted God to do something that would shake the whole earth, that would, you know, shake humanity." That would wake humanity up. That would let people know that God is serious and that He's real and that He's God and that He's really coming and that people have to repent, otherwise, what they saw, they will experience a billion times worse in hell. I wanted God to do that. that. That was my heart's desire because, because I knew that with, with mankind, with the way we are, it, usually we like to see things before we repent. We like to see God shaking things up before He repent, And I prayed for this. And I didn't even know that this was, what was going to happen. I prayed for this. And then after I prayed, the Lord did something to me. He did. I had an encounter. He did something with me. One time, the Lord did something with me. But I can't really explain what happened. The Lord took me to heaven. And in heaven, I was like, there was a discussion. There was a meeting in heaven. I'm not exactly sure. Sh- I, I forgot everything they were talking about because after I prayed this prayer I desired so much in my heart that the Lord would shake human mankind so much. And after I slept. And when I did sleep, um the Lord took me to heaven. And when I went to heaven there was something very there was something really peculiar that something something special happened in heaven on that day that the Lord took me there. Um it was like there was a meeting. There was like a discussion. It was like there was something was being done in heaven. There was like something was being held, like something was being done. And Yes, brothers and sisters, our Lord is a God that is eager to save. And in that time when the Lord was ministering to me, I felt so deeply in my heart that the world needed something to shake them and to wake them up. And what happened was the Holy Spirit, the Lord put in my spirit to actually pray for Him to do a great mighty shaking, to do signs and wonders, to do something great that would wake up all of mankind, that would wake up all of humanity to know that Jesus Christ was coming soon. So that was my prayer. I prayed very hard and very steadily. And to... So to, to what I realized was actually what was actually going to happen, because it was actually what apparently even prophets had even prophesied even before I even knew that. Um, I even knew that the Lord was going to even bring a great shaking in the world before He came. So I'm really thankful to the Lord. So as 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 all of you know that God is bringing bringing judgment, He's bringing different kinds of judgment to shake the world. I don't want all of you to. I mean, I, I don't want some people get upset and curse God and get really unhappy that God's bringing judgment, but remember that sometimes when remember that in the past when God did things like that, when God would shake when God would do mighty things, always when God would always um when God would do great signs and wonders in the heavens, people would see that He was God, and people would testify to him, people would know that He was God. There have been times where God has done things like this in the past. And after he did this, so many souls were saved. Because if God doesn't shake the earth in this day, so many people will not be coming home into heaven. And, you know, it's it's what the Holy Spirit wants. And the reason the judgments are coming, it's, it's, it's mainly just so that people will be saved. What God wants is mainly for us to really just focus on the Son, Jesus, and to be ready for the revival that's coming. Because what God really wants to do is to save us. What God wants is for us to be made perfect and complete in Him. That's the reason why He sent His Son Jesus Christ to come on you know to come on earth and to die for us that's That's the reason why God you know is doing all this all that God is doing is because of love so as you guys will will see that very soon god's is going to start shaking things more and more as earthquakes and everything everything is going to, earthquakes are going to happen in diverse places. Everyone's going to be seeing the tsunamis. Everyone's going to be seeing a lot of evil people coming out. All these things God is allowing. It's just know that it's, it's not Satan that's doing this. It's God that is allowing this. And God is doing this because he's a God of love. He's a God that truly desires and seeks to save all, every person of every race, every tongue, and every tribe, and every language. Jesus wants to save them. And God is doing this so that people open their eyes to the truth. And know that they have to live a holy life, and they have to repent, and they have to reject Satan out of their lives, and live a holy life, and they have to just trust God and just put everything in God's hands, so that their lives can be changed by Him. So I want you, all of you, I just want to encourage all of you to, to to know that, you know, when there's a great storm, when there's a great darkness, God's people will be arising. The key, the main focus of all these events, and, and I mean, so many things will be happening. But what God really wants everyone to focus on is the revival and the coming of his glory and the transformations that God will be doing. He wants everyone to look at that. He doesn't want people to be really focused on the judgments. He wants the judgments to be known, too. He wants everyone to know about the judgments. But the reason he wants people to know about the judgments is to put the fear of God in them. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And when people have wisdom... Um, it helps them to become saved because when people have wisdom, they're able to to clearly see what God wants. They're able to see the light because when they get wisdom, it helps them get more knowledge. And the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, people perish, because people don't have knowledge, they're perishing. But when when these things happen, when God begins to shake the world, and the fear of God touches people, when people receive the fear of God, they'll they'll receive wisdom, and through that, they'll get knowledge. And as they get knowledge, you see that the light of God will begin to increase in the world. You see that it is going to begin to increase in the whole universe. People will begin to change. People will begin to repent. People will begin to change the way they live. People will do things very, very differently and more people will be saved. So these things that are happening, the judgments that are coming, um, I know a lot. Of, so many people are not happy about it. A lot of people are not happy about it. but. The Bible says the word of God says in everything that God does thank him. Um so in all that God is going to do, thank him for it and pray that he uses for his glory. Because God would not have brought this if it was if it would not, you know, work to the glory or if it would not bring glory to God. Because the Bible says all things all things work to the good of those that love God. So as long as you're loving God, everything that happens, it's going to bring glory to God. So I I want all of you to be to be thankful and to praise God because I haven't heard even people say that when the tsunami comes and people die through that and Christians die through that it's even God's mercy because they're going straight to heaven because God is just taking some people away straight to heaven even during the judgment because some people that will pass away will be ready to go home with God and in that day, those that are ready they'll just go home so got their their lives here are just ending quickly. They're not having to go through a lot of torment and a lot of darkness and a lot of pain. They're going straight home to heaven. So everything God does, it's wonderful. It's, it's it's good. So I want all of you here that are listening to me to understand that it's God's glory. Even in the judgment, there's God's glory. It's God's glory to bring these judgments because through this, so many people are going to be saved. Because back then, what the Lord did put in my heart was because... Because I saw the pain and the darkness, I saw the tribulation. I, I I I saw it in my spirit. I saw the pain. I saw the terror. I saw the horror. I saw the darkness that was that was going to be flooding into the whole world, and I saw people were going to be in pain. and I and I wanted everyone to escape that. I don't want anyone to be in that darkness and in that tribulation. And what the Holy Spirit put in my spirit, put in my heart was to pray for God to do a sign or a wonder or something so great that would shake humanity. I mean, I wasn't praying for people to to suffer and die. No, I was just praying for something that would shake the world, like something that would shake everyone to wake up to know that God is real. So that they would so that even after the shaking happens, they will still be alive and see what You know, and and, and see that God is real. Because that's what I wanted. I wanted, I wasn't, I was was not desiring for people to suffer and die. I was desiring for God to just shake the world so that people will see that he's real. So that people will see that he is God. And what I prayed for was exactly what was prophesied in the Bible. That in the end there's going to be calamities that will come. And this is God's will. And whatever God does, we should thank him and we should praise Him for everything that He does. Um, I know some people might not agree or might not be happy with what God's going to do. But please don't go against God. Whatever God does, thank Him. Because it's very hard for me too. Because it was hard for me, but I learned to accept it. It's it's so hard for God because I wanted shakings to come. But the thing with me is that I don't want anyone to die. I want God to shake the whole world and the whole universe. Except I just didn't want anyone to die. Because I wanted everyone to see God shaking the universe so that the fear of God would touch them and that they would repent and be saved. That's all I wanted. Because for people to repent, at this point, there's so much stubbornness that they need to be shaking. So the Holy Spirit put it in my heart to pray and to desire for there to be a shaking in the earth. Little did I know that this was even in the Bible. And so I I, I prayed for God to shake the world. I wanted this. But I wanted everyone to be alive so that they would see the shaking, and then they would repent because the fear of God came, comes upon them, and then they get to even go to heaven. But what the Lord showed me He was actually going to do was that the shaking was going to be so tremendous and so great that lives were going to be lost. I mean, when 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 I found out, when I when I realized that so many lives were going to be lost, it it broke my heart so bad. I was I was so sad and. And I was I was I was really hurt because so many lives are going to be lost. It broke my heart so much that you know God's going to bring the shaking, but it's just that so many people will die. He's going to shake the earth. I wanted him to shake the earth and heaven. I wanted him to shake everything, but I just wanted everyone to survive so that everyone would see that everyone would see and survive after the shaking, so that we repent. But what the Lord did was. He he later revealed to me that He will shake the world, but it's going to be so strong and so powerful and so mighty that many people, many people will not survive the shaking. That after the shaking happens, many souls will be lost. And, I mean, that really broke my heart. That really made me really sad. But, you know, it hurts Jesus too. Jesus is not happy that so many souls are dying, but it's, it's It's what He's already planned. these shakings and these disasters that are coming. they're what God has already planned. like the Lord showed me that these things are going to happen irrespective whether i whether um we is like because these things were things that God has spoken of, whether we knew they were going to happen or not, the shaking the Lord showed me that it was going to happen because it was His plan from the beginning and it's going to happen according to his plan and everything will be fulfilled Um, so the Lord did let me know that his will will be done and it did I mean when I think about it it does really hurt me though that after the shaking so many people won't survive because I just want people to be be shaken and to be filled with the fear of God so that they repent and live holy lives because sometimes if God doesn't shake people they never come back to him but the other thing is I mean I know I'm repeating myself but I just want you to know that so many people will be losing their lives. It's it's going to be devastating. It's going to be heartbreaking. That's why right now you need to get saved because what God has planned to bring what God is going to be doing. He's going to bring earthquakes and disasters. What he's going to be doing is going to there's going to be so many people that will not live to see the next day. They won't live to see the next year. They want to live to see the next moment or the next hour. When these shakings occur, as they've been occurring in the past years, so many people will, that's going to be their their last breath, the, the last breath of air that they're going to take in. So I want to encourage all of you, my brothers and sisters, to keep repenting, to keep living holy, and know that the Lord God Almighty is coming and he's going to shake the world with his wonders and with his glory. He's going to do so many amazing things. So with all that is about to happen, as as all of you know that these things are happening, are about to come, I just encourage all of you to prepare. Just keep preparing. And thank God for what he's about to do and ask him to use it for his glory. Because God is doing this because he loves. All that is happening is because he loves. And the, this is what the Bible says about love. If God really loves someone, then He chastens them. He corrects them. He he sometimes He punishes them. Sometimes He shakes them up, because that is true love, and that's that's why sometimes you see certain parents shaking up their children. They correct them because they truly love them, and because God loves us, He shakes us up. And because I I loved God's creation, I loved all my brothers and sisters so much, I had that desire. The Holy Spirit put in, in me that desire to pray for Him to shake the world so that people will come back to Him. Because if God doesn't shake things up, people don't come back to Him. Because people are so comfortable in their lives and in their sins. And they're not planning on changing anything. They're they're happy and they're content with the way things are. And they want things to remain the way they are. So for, for this reason, God's going to bring a great shaking. A great disastrous shaking. I was hoping that no one would die. I was just hoping people would see and repent and everyone would go to heaven, but God has a different plan. What the Lord you know is going to do is so many people will pass away, some will go to heaven others will i know it's it's sad and it's it hurts to say that, but others will 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 go to hell. That's why you should pray now right now. just pray, pray, pray for all your brothers and sisters that you know that are not ready to see God pray for people that you don't know just pray pray for the whole world pray for all Christians because it's because it's 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 I don't I mean words can't explain like it's it's so much sorrow and so much pain that so many people will be going into but they don't know because they're so comfortable now but there's going to be so much darkness that's going to that's that people are going to go into that's why now I encourage you to evangelize share the word of God with everyone you have I mean, share the word of God everywhere. If there's anything you can do to share God's love, or to let other people know about God's love, do it. If if you have the gift, if you have the gift of worshiping, sing, sing at churches, sing. Um, I mean, sing and let people hear hear the, the the um hear the songs that God sings through you. If if you could draw, do things with your art, draw, paint pictures that will let people repent and come to God. I mean, do whatever thing it is you can with what God has given you. So that as many souls will come into heaven. That's the great work that God has put on us in this generation. He wants all of us to be made ready. And he wants all of us to do the work that he's called us to. He doesn't want us to be lazy. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. There's work to be done. God has given us talents. He's given us um, gifts. He's given us abilities and capabilities. He's given us strength. And He wants all of us to use everything that we have to bring glory to His name so that we could be made perfect in Him. Because when you use what God has given to you, God completes you and you become perfect. But when you're lazy and you do nothing, what you have will be taken away from you. God is calling all of you to become perfect. He wants you to become perfect. Because the Bible says, be perfect as your Father. in Heaven is perfect. God desires that we all become perfect, just as He is perfect. So, the way to become perfect is only in Jesus Christ. You find your true identity. You find who you are in Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, when, when you come into Jesus, that's when you realize who you are. You know who you are. God shows you who you are. And that's the only way you can become perfect, is in Jesus. Because when you come into Jesus... Who you are is realized; it's fully realized in you. And when you begin to understand who you are, God begins to show you what He has made you and what He wants you to be, so you know how you can become perfect. Because Satan deceives, pe- deceives people, and he makes them; he keeps drawing them far, far, and far away from perfection. He makes them more and more incomplete, and until they're dead. When you come into God, it's the opposite; you become complete perfect. How does Satan do this? Because Satan is the exact opposite image of God. Satan is the image of death. Satan is death. But God, he is life. And we're in the image of God. God made us in the image of life. Yes, brothers and sisters, so much sin, so much darkness, so much evil is rising up in this world. And you know, the Lord... Um, he He's raising us up as spiritual warriors to fight and to combat, you know, the great evil in this dark age. Because there's work to be done. But, you know, for the Spirit of God to move, Christians have to move. Christians can't sit there and do nothing. Because where Christians sit and they're, they do nothing like they're dead, darkness will take over. Darkness will come and take over. So we all have to make sure that we do what we're called to do. We're called as as you know, as fighters or spiritual warriors, God is not a lazy God. Remember God made us in his image. As he is, so are we. And you know, our God, He's a warrior. The word of God says our God is strong and mighty in battle. He's a mighty and strong one. And you know, he wants us to be like him. He wants us to fight. He wants us to be warriors like him. Did we not see how how his son Jesus was? He was all. He was a warrior. He fought with the truth. He fought with the word of God, and he defended truth and always rejected and fought against sin. He prayed. He fasted. That was a, that was a spiritual battle he did, because the Bible says our, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but spiritual and mighty. And you know, it's through prayer pulling down strongholds. It's like our spiritual warfare, our our the power and the ability that God gives us. It's it's through speaking, it's through prayer, because remember, the Bible says, you know, the power of life and death lie in the tongue. So, the power, the power, like, that God gives, spiritually, the power it lies in, in speaking, lies in the mouth. That's where power is, because when God does something, He speaks, and it happens. When God is like, God's power, He speaks. Can you, like, even when you read the Bible, in the beginning was the Word, the Word is something that is spoken. A word is something that comes out of someone's mouth. And God has exalted his word above every other thing. Like when you when you look at the Bible, you can see how much God exalts words and how powerful they are. Because when you speak something, it's like creating something. It happens. Because that's why the power of life and death are in the tongue. Because if you look at the Bible, Jesus is the word. And Jesus is the most powerful Personality he's the, he's the greatest thing in the Bible, and he's the Word he's the spoken word of God in the flesh, and you see how powerful god's word is God's word is Jesus, and there is no one above Jesus, Jesus is above everyone, and Jesus is the Word of God so I'm just trying to use um that to let you understand how powerful words are so that you you, 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 you use your mouth, use your mouth to bless. Not to curse people and not to say evil things against people. Make sure that your body is only used for good. Because that is the reason for a body. People are using their bodies and their spirits and what they have for abominations. No one was created to live in sin. No one was created to be doing disgusting um, um, things with their bodies and with their spirits. No, our body was not created to receive sin. That's why sin kills us. That's why sin destroys us. As I was saying earlier... Our image is in the image of God. And when you stay in God, when you wait in God, when you grow in God, you will realize that the Spirit of God in you will begin to change. When you keep serving God, you will reach higher levels of perfection. Like God will gradually show you and He'll teach you and He'll let you understand and let you know how to become perfect. He'll show you how to be perfect. He'll teach you day by day because, you know, there are so many things that we need to learn. And as I was growing up as a Christian, there are so many lessons that Jesus taught me. There are so many lessons that the Holy Spirit was teaching me. And he would teach me this because, you know, after the Lord baptized me, after I got, after the Lord filled me, the Holy Spirit, and touched me, and, you know, gave me tongues, I could hear the Holy Spirit. I could hear the voice of God. And God would begin to speak to me. Um, there are times when I, I, I would hear someone talk to me, but there would be no one in the room, and the Lord would begin teaching me. He would speak to me about His Word, and He would teach me. He'd give me wisdom. He'd give me revelation on His Word. Every single day would come another revelation about His Word, and there were like there were like classes that the Lord took me to. Um, I, I I went through like a class. Like one of the first classes the Lord was teaching me was about prayer, and then, and then through prayer, so that was one important thing. Like it's like. It's one of the foundations of of, the, of of a strong, good Christian life is prayer. The Lord taught me, and then from prayer, the next thing that the Lord moved on to teach me was um was was holiness, and and there are things He taught me between there and there. But then after holiness, the Lord is beginning to teach me about love. I'll explain these to you in detail um, later, um, in this time. But I want you to understand. That when you sin, when you open up doors to sin, the image of your spirit changes. And your spirit was made in the image of God. So it's like it's like you are, let's say, a vehicle, like a car. You know, cars only run on fuel or petrol. So that's what your car runs on. And let's say, instead of putting, let's say, fuel and petrol in your car, you decide to run by putting, let's say, soda in your car. When you put soda in your car, I don't think a car is gonna work. It might even break down or something. Only God knows what's gonna happen. So that's how we that's how it becomes because as we are made, God is a manufacturer of us, okay? And God is a manufacturer and we are his creation. And who knows the deep things about a creation except the creator. So God knows the best for you. And he knows the greatest things about you, and besides him, no one knows the things about you because he made you, he created you he he designed you, he engineered you, he did everything, he made you so so if if let's say if there's something wrong with an item or there's something wrong with a machine, who do you take it to to fix? You take it to the manufacturer or someone that knows. About how the item was manufactured. So that's why sometimes when people let you are sick, the Bible says go to you could you could go to the elders so they pray for it because the elders are they're like people that know how they know about the manufacturing or they know how how the item was manufactured or they know competence about it. They they know how to fix it. But the main manufacturer is God. God is the one that made you and I, and only He knows. How to make us perfect. Only God knows how we can become perfect. Because He made us. He engineered us. He knows what will kill us and what will make us live. Because He made us. He knows everything about us because He's our creator. And He's our manufacturer. That's why um, to grow and to become like God. Or, I mean, to become like what God wants you to be. Because the Bible says, be perfect as your Father is perfect. God wants us to be in His image. So God wants us, you know, He made us like God. He's God, and He made us like Him. He made us in His image. He wants us to be like Him, because He's holy, and He wants us to be holy. He is love, and He wants us to be love. When you when you read the Bible, it makes it clear that God does everything He does to make us like Him. He wants us to be like Him. Because when you become like God, there is so much joy. When you become like God, there is so much life. When when, when you become like By God, I mean Jesus. He wants us to become like His Son, Jesus. He wants us to become like Him. When I say become like God, I mean become like Jesus, because Jesus is the revealed form of God. Like, Jesus is the Son of God in the flesh, and Jesus is God. So when I say God, I mean Jesus, because Jesus is God. God wants us to become like Jesus, because that's the only way that we can experience life to the fullest, Because there's a plan and there's a purpose that God has for every one of you, for all of us. But we don't know this plan until we come into Jesus. Because every truth is in Jesus. There's truths about all of your lives. And when you come into Jesus, because you were originally made in the image of Jesus, your true identity is found in Jesus. Because it was like when when you're living in the world, it's like you're a creation, but you don't know who you are. You've lost your identity. When you go to the manufacturer, the manufacturer puts your label on you, and you know who you are. You're recognized. So when you come into Jesus, you are called into holiness. You're called into a special purpose, a royal priesthood, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're called into. There is something specific. There's something special that the Lord has. For you, and when you come into that realization, um it's like it begins your spirit begins to get awakened because you know Jesus is the full knowledge of God, like when you come into into Jesus, Jesus will not just give you wisdom, he gives you wisdom and power and his spirit, and by power, I mean God's power his power okay, is his love that's one thing that's one thing the Lord showed me his power. Lies in his love, a lot of people don't notice, but this is a mystery that the Lord is letting me understand that his power is is his love, his power is love, and I'll explain this later His power is in his love that's that's his great power. The word of God is of Jesus has been exalted above every other name, and that name is Jesus, and Jesus is love. The reason why we're here today. Is because God loved us. If you see what God does, what He exalts is what, you know, the things, the things of His love. Those are the things that God really holds dear. Those are the greatest things that God cares about. Those are the things that God exalts the most. Love. That's what God exalts the most. His power. God's greatest power. It's His love. Because in the old days, God had power. He did so many miracles and wonders. But, what he want, there was a greater power that he wanted us to have. And that was the power of love. The power of love is the greatest power. And that's what, that's the revelation that the Lord wants me to talk about today. The power of love. God has power to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to, to speak in tongues, to do so much. But none of those powers, those signs and wonders, none of them come close to the power of God's love. God's power is his love? His love is the purest and greatest form. Love is the revelation of God's power. That's based on which He does everything. He saved us because of love. When you know the Holy Spirit, you well, you know the Holy Spirit has power. You know the Holy Spirit has so many things. But when the Holy Spirit reveals Himself to you, you know who, who He really is. You know His true form. And when you when you know the true form of the, whole, the Holy Spirit, when you when you know the deep, deep truth, the deep form of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit reveals Himself to you, the deepest revelation that the Lord is showing me of the Holy Spirit is His love. That's the greatest. Love breaks and overpowers and conquers and just, it, it trumps everything. The great love of God. That's His power. That's, God is love. He's, he, that's, his, his, that's what He's, he's, he, he's been revealing to Him. That's his revealed, the revealed form of God's power is His love. Jesus came and Jesus is love. And that's the that's the greatest commandment that we ever gave. The of all the commandments that God gave, of all of the commandments that God could have given. He could have given so many powers. He could have given so, I mean so many commandments. He could have given a commandment of, of of saying, Well, you shall pray ten hours every day or he could have given the power of he give him the commandment of everyone shall make sure that they heal the sick before they die, or raise the dead, or do supernatural things, or speak in tongues. God could have given that as a command, that everyone has to make sure they do this. Or, or let's say, do something supernatural, or move in the power of anointing of God. God could have said that. But the greatest commandment that God gave was the commandment of love. Because love is the greatest. Love is what God wants us to know, and God wants us to understand. I want you to know that love is what God wants you to God wants you to focus on. I'm not I'm not trying to say the other things like praying, speaking in tongues, and all those things are not important. They're gifts that God has, and the Bible says, earnestly seek the gifts. And the Lord also wants to show His signs and wonders. All these other things, healing the sick, and raising the dead, and and praying and fasting, all these are important things that God wants us to have. They're additionals, they're gifts that God wants us to have. He wants us to do things. Make no mistake. I'm not trying to put these things down or I'm not trying to make them look like they're irrelevant or they're not important. They're very important, but I want you to know that they're not as important as love because if you have all those things and you don't have love, you are nothing. you're like an, you're just an empty vessel who has who who has nothing i'll I'll go on to explain this this scripture i'll I'll go on to Explain this revelation that the Lord gave me of love. Love has the greatest power. I'll, I'll 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 go on to explain it. But before I do, I'd just like to continue to talk about our image, being living in the image of God. As I said earlier, we were all created in God's image, and remember this: whatever that stops living dies. You don't have anything that is stagnant, like. You, you don't have something that is in between or, or is neutral. Things are either positive or negative. Like spiritually, spiritually there's either positive or negative. Maybe physically in the world, they make things look like there's neutral. But spiritually there's no neutral. There's either from God or from Satan. That's just, there's just two sides. And as the spiritual begins to manifest in the physical, we will clearly see how there's just two sides. You're either good or bad. You're either going to heaven or hell. You're, we were made in god's image God's image was a good, perfect image, an image of perfect holiness. The image of God is Jesus, and we were made in that image, that image of love of compassion that's why, as human beings as we as 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 you are um um you 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 love to feel love when someone shows you love, you get really happy when when someone you know breaks your heart, you get so sad when anyone shows you an act or or betrays you or does anything that is law I mean lawless or that is against love, you're unhappy. And your your spirit gets sad. Because your spirit was made in the image of God and the image of God is love. You are made in the image of love. That's why everyone, no matter how hard they'll try to deny it. No matter how some people try to act tough and hard and stubborn, because we're made in the image of love, what the whole world is looking for what they're all looking for. We're all looking for is love, because God made us in His image, and His image is love. We love to be loved, and we also lo- love to love other people. That's why people always. That's why for most people, they're always you know thinking of you know getting the one, getting the husband that they truly desire, or the wife that they truly desire, or the best friend. That's why everyone is looking for someone to love. To love them truly. Because we're all made to love. Because that's, the image of God is love. He's love. God is love. He's love and so many other things. But love is his... Is, as the Bible says, of all these, love is the greatest. Love is his greatest. God is so many things. But God is love. He's a lot, God is holy. God is wisdom. God is joy. He's so many things. But what he wants us to be is love. Because when you become love, everything else follows. Everything else comes. Like when, when you receive the love of God, when you let the love of God change you, you'll see and understand how the rest of your life, everything else about you will change. And everything else will just begin to follow. Because the love of God, it's holy. The love of God is full of joy. The love of God is full of blessing. The love of God, it has everything. That's why Jesus wanted us to obey those two, the two commandments. Love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Because once someone loves, everything else comes because everything is like because love is the greatest. Everything is almost like under love. Once you love Jesus, Jesus has got you. Everything else will just come everything else will just follow. Once you understand the love of God, everything will follow. Miracles will follow, signs and wonders will follow. The power of God will follow. Everything else will follow. Because nothing, you know, can overcome God's love. God's love is the strongest. It's the greatest. It's the greatest. It's the most powerful. So once you receive and understand the love of God, everything will begin to follow. But I'm going to go on to continue on um, on the image of God. We were created in God's image, which is love. So that's why we all desire to be loved, and we all want to be loved. And that God also wants us to love. God also desires that we love Him. He wants us to love Him because He loves us. You know, love is like, it's so beautiful. Love gives and love, love receives. You know how some people just like to receive and don't like to give? No, that's not how love is. Love gives and it receives. Like even when, when love gives, it doesn't even look forward to even always receiving back. It just loves to give. It's, love is just so Beautiful. But that's the revelation that the Lord was letting me know, the revelation of love, how it's the greatest thing, how so many people, so many people talk and preach about so much, but the answer is is in the Word of God. And in the Word of God, I mean in the commandment, the greatest commandment, love. Jesus knew this. That's why Jesus said, the greatest commandment He gives us is love. Because love is the greatest. Love is what God has exalted above everything. Some people like to focus on other things. I'm not saying it's, All those other things are wrong, like prayer, fasting, living holy, all those things. All those things are very important. But without love, you can't even achieve those things well. Because you need love before you can get certain things. Because if you can do these things and you don't have love, the Bible calls you like a a, a sounding gong. If you can speak in tongues, then you could pray and you could preach. But yet there's no love in your heart. You're just like a, a noisy drum or a noisy gong. You're just making noise. You're empty. You're just like an, an empty bottle, like a can. Like a can of, of a drink or something. Like a can of apple juice. You're just like a can. and Just empty, no substance, nothing. Just an empty, just a container, just a vessel. Without love, that's, what, that's, that's how it is. That's how we are. Love is the substance that fulfills but I'll go on to explain about our image. Our image is an image of God, and that image is the image of love. So that's why we desire to be loved and to love. So, to keep our image alive, because remember, it's like, it's like anything that is not of God. Because your body was made in the image of God, and it was designed to only accept the things of God. Your body was designed, your spirit was designed to only accept holiness, righteousness, truth, love, wisdom, power, all the things of God, and not to accept the things of Satan, because God only accepts the things of God. God only accepts the things that are true, holy, and perfect, wisdom. And God made us like him. So, in other words, the only things that we are supposed to be accepting in our spirit are love, joy, peace, holiness, righteousness, wisdom, the glory of God, um, um, truth, um, peace, joy, um, gentleness, these things are, are the only things our spirits can accept because our spirits were made in the image of God. So, and, and as He is, so are we. So how God is, that's how we are. If you want to understand more about yourself, then try to understand God. Try to understand Jesus. The more you learn and understand about Jesus and God, the more you understand about yourself because you are made, we are all made in the very exact image and likeness of God. So the more you understand, and the more you understand Jesus, and how do you understand Jesus? Go to the Bible, read the Word of God. And when I say read, don't just like read like it's a book. Because people read the Word of God and still have they don't know anything. Remember, God said, they that worship Him should worship Him in spirit and in truth. A lot of people like to do things vainly and vaguely, like without substance. By what I mean is, they try to do everything and forget and abandon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to reveal God to us. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us how to live. If you want to go home to heaven, you need the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can't go. Because He's the one that will change you. He's the one that will make you what God wants you to do. Because He knows the plan God has for you. Because the Bible says that nothing knows the deep thoughts and what is inside someone or Something except the spirit that is inside of them. So in that same way, no one knows the thoughts and the deep things of God except the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is is God. Like I know people say Holy Spirit, but they don't they, I, they don't really understand. I want you to understand this: God is Spirit, and and His Spirit is called the Holy Spirit. I just want you, I just want you to understand how. How God is the Holy Spirit. Like sometimes a lot of people look at the Holy Spirit as a different person, and they, they they get it all wrong. They miss. They don't. They don't know. They don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. God is Spirit. So in other words, God's Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit. So God is equal to Holy Spirit. God, our Lord God Almighty, is the Holy Spirit. God is here on earth right now, everywhere, through His Holy Spirit. But there, but the Holy Spirit is like, He's, He's the Spirit of God that is here with us right now. And He is God. I want you to know this, that God is Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God. Because the Bible says God is Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit that we know is God's own Spirit. is The Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, is just like how we're a man. Let's say a, a man, okay? the spirit that is in the man is the man himself his, because you know we are we are made in the image of God and we're made in God's image of a spirit we're a spirit so so man is spirit god is also spirit and the holy spirit is god's spirit but the holy spirit left heaven and he came here because Jesus promised him promised him to us that if he comes and he leaves that the Holy Spirit will come. So the Holy Spirit came. So the Holy Spirit is here. So the Holy Spirit is God. So when you receive Jesus Christ, I want you to know that God comes to live inside of you. That's why you have to to do things well. Because when you make Him sad, He'll leave. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, when you live a blasphemous life, when you live a life full of sin and debauchery and abomination, the Holy Spirit will leave. And when He leaves, when you blaspheme, He leaves and that's it. That's a sin that's not forgiven. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And when you keep the commandments of the Holy Spirit, you're, you, it's like God prevents you when you keep the commandments of God. I mean commandments of the Holy Spirit, I mean commandments of God. But let me just say commandments of God. When you keep the commandments of God, you um, God prevents you from blaspheming so that you make it home to heaven in the rapture. Because the Holy Spirit will teach you and will let you understand how to maintain your image. Because on the day of the rapture, those that have an image, besides the image of God, some people, because of sin and evil, their images will change and they'll begin to look like demons. They'll become like Satan. Those people that because whatever thing that you, you whatever thing you serve or whatever thing that you're with or you fellowship with, or whatever thing it is that you do, you become more like it. When you live in sin, when you, when you live a life full of abomination, when you commit sins and do things that are against the will of God for your life, you end up becoming like those things that God has planned and called you not to be. So in that same way, our image is in the, Im- our image, is in the image of God. And what are the things of God? What is the God love? As I said earlier, love, joy, peace, and all the wonderful things that are the fruits of the spirit of the word. God those are the only things that God wants and God desires for us to have. So when you so when you seek God, God will give you these things. Because the truth is, God is the only one, because the Bible says every good thing comes from God, only God. God is the only person that can give you these good things. So to live because this as I said earlier if you put like soda in a car and expect the car to run, the car is probably going to break down. In that same way, in your spirit, when you put any spirit in you, which is not the Holy Spirit, which is against the Holy Spirit, your 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 spirit will not run. Your spirit will break down. And a car breaks down and gets destroyed and gets towed away and you know, is put in the car in, in the junkyard. In that same way, your spirit will will die. Because the only way your spirit can grow is if you feed your spirit with the things of God is if you feed your spirit with the life and the truth and the presence of God is if you feed your spirit with the holiness of god i'm I'm telling you all this because I'm encouraging you, and my desire is is i mean the lord's desire that he's shown me is is for the bride to be ready, and I'm trying to encourage and help all of you to 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 know how to to, to encourage you to to help, to encourage you to, to keep your gown spotless and to be a bride. Because the moment you, you you get spots, you lose your position as a bride, as a holy bride, because a bride is holy. So I'm, I'm telling you all this, and I want you to understand and take these things seriously, because you need, these, you need to understand and know, so that because, you know, um, the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. So when you know these things, you you don't you don't perish you, you you won't perish because when you know these things and you obey them you won't perish because it's not just about knowing because some people know what is right but still do evil it's sometimes it's because they lack a deeper knowledge but generally it's because they don't know but some people also know but they still do wrong so that's where obedience comes in that's why you need obedience obedience it's like you know what to do, so you obey. So all of you have to make sure that you live in obedience. That's like key. Sometimes, too, because you don't know, so you perish. So you need, so like what I'm just trying to understand here is that there are so many things of God, that God is like, when you comes into Christianity, there are so many things a Christian needs to do. It's not just one thing. Christians just don't need to pray. They don't need to just have faith. They don't need to just fast. There are so many other things that Christians need to do. They need to learn how to give. They need to show love. They need to live a holy life. They need to repent. They need to evangelize. They need to share what God gives them. There are so many things that, as a Christian, you need to do. It's not just one thing. Christianity is not just about praying. It's a life, and it has a whole great dimension to it. There's so much about Christianity, more than Christianity worshiping God, more than you could ever imagine. Way more than even even than people than, than people think. Way more than even even the sinful life that people live that people think there's a lot of sins people do when you be, when you come into the Lord there's so much more to do, a lot of work to be done, a lot of changes to be done. but as you do these things, you receive the fullness of joy you experience a joy that words can't describe like I, I had this I had this friend that was that I was encouraging to just keep praying and keep seeking the Lord, and he would do that, and he he, he did those things because he obeyed the voice of the Lord, and as Christians you need to Learn to know the voice of the Lord and where the voice of the Lord comes from. Because the Lord speaks in so many ways. It's not just through aud audible voice. He he has an audible voice, but I tell you the Lord speaks like so many ways. He speaks just to a personal, he speaks differently. He speaks by by voice that's one. He speaks through emotion or impressions or intuitions you feel or what you feel you should do. He could speak through thoughts, he could speak through feelings, he could speak through emotions, he could speak through physical feelings, like he could, like when I say physical feelings, I'm not talking about, let's say, emotional feelings you feel in your body, but I mean physical feelings that you feel in your body. Like someone could feel their, um their, could feel, let's say, pain in their body, and that's the way the Lord is telling them that there's witchcraft in the air, so they have to, or there's a witch in this place to so leave. Someone could also feel like it's like, it's like discern, he speaks to the sermons. like someone could feel, let's say, itching all over their body, and maybe when they're feeling the itching, it could be that God could be telling them that um, they have to um, um, they have to start praying because a demon is trying to do something against them. Someone could just start crying. I mean like physical things you feel in your body. Someone could feel something walking around their, something feeling around their body. Someone could even feel cold. It's the way God talks to people. Someone could feel cold. Someone could feel um, um, minty. Someone could shake. Someone could begin to feel hot. Someone could feel like electricity moving down their body. Someone could feel like there's there's, um, things pressing against their body. I mean, to tell you the truth, God speaks like in ways, like so many ways. And what I told you just a few, he speaks through visions. When it comes to visions, the Lord knows how to speak through different kinds of visions. Like, the Lord let me understand that he, he gives people visions to see in different ways. Like, just with through sight, the Lord could show you things differently. I, I know people generally think of vision, but even just vision all with your eyes, the Lord could speak to you through vision differently. Sometimes he speaks to you through the physical things you see, but it's almost like a vision. Like... I mean, all I'm just telling you is this, like, if I should tell you things that the way that God speaks that he's shown me, like, I could list so many, like, over 20, over 30, or or even over, because God speaks so many different ways, like, so many different ways, a lot. Like, he could speak through animals, he could speak through symbols, he could speak through people, through items, through places, he could speak through anything, through what you hear, through what you see, through what you feel, through what you smell. He, he speaks through people through what they smell. He could speak like in so many ways. And I just want you to be able to know when God is talking. He could speak through people. He could speak through through the weather, through the sky, through through the stars. He could God could he could he could speak to you through anything. Anything, through the Bible, even the Bible he could speak to you through anything. He could show you something and speak to you through that because everything belongs to God so he knows how to do anything and he he can and as a bride of god you need to be able to identify when god is speaking and what form he's speaking and you need to know that it's god because because god speaks to people but they don't know that it's god and the reason you should know it's god is so that you know that because when you because when someone talks to you you could either listen you could listen to what they see and do it, but even though you listen to what they tell you to do and you obey, you don't even know who they are or who they, who who's talking to you when that happens, it's like you don't give credit and praise to the person, and it reduces your relationship with the person does not grow so the reason why you should know that it's God talking to you is because God wants you to know that he's the one that cares for you he's the one that defends you he's the one that helps you because if you don't know who's talking to you, Satan will try to deceive you to make you think he's the one that's talking to you. And if, you, if some people believe Satan and end up thanking and praising Satan, but it's wrong because all the praise and all the honor and all the adoration, it should go to God. The reason you should know that God's the one talking to you is because if you know who's talking to you, you give them praise, you give them honor and adoration, you thank them, and that's one. Two, if you know who's talking to you, you could build a relationship with them. Because how can you build a relationship with someone that you don't even know? So when you know who it is, you know it's God, your relationship is built with them, And when your relationship is built with God, everything just changes. Everything in your life just turns for the better. God will just, everything I'm telling you will just begin to just happen. Like the wonders, the great miracles, God will teach you and will let you know. His power will just flow through, His power will just flow through in your life. And everything you touch, God will bless, you will prosper in everything that you do, you'll succeed in everything that you do. That's why you need to to know God's voice. You need to identify. God speaks through so many pe- to so many people, and sometimes he speaks without a voice, without an audible voice. But you need to know too. But he does speak. I tell you, God speaks, He knows how to speak, like God knows how to catch your attention. And he will, but you, you can't resist or fight it because when you do that, he'll go. Because God is not a God that forces his will on people; he's a God of free will. He lets people choose. So God speaks, and he wants you to have faith so that you grasp, you grasp what he's telling you. But as I was saying, my brother, that I I told what the Lord wanted, he obeyed and he did. And after just a few weeks, I saw him; like I could see how the Lord had touched him. And you know he was changed. He was full of joy, like I had never seen him full of joy before. He was so happy, and his spirit just changed. I could discern his spirit. I knew that he, had, the Holy Spirit, had filled him, and his something about his spirit was just glowing and was just so beautiful. It was like he had a glow. It was like he was. He had like this spiritual brightness. Like his spirit was alive. His spirit was shining with the glory of God, and I could see this on him. And he was so happy. It was like a divine glory of god that poured on him and this happened to him as he obeyed god and sought the lord in reverence and you know he prayed and was diligent he spent time with the lord brothers and sisters we need to spend time in and with the lord like it's very crucial because if you want to if you want to become more like god because remember god made us in his image and he wanted to be like him one way of becoming like God is spending time with Him, and we all know don't spend ten minutes with God and think it's enough. Please, it's not. If you really want to get somewhere, ten minutes is nowhere near enough. I know that we're all busy, and we have a and a lot of people have work to do. But I tell you, some people deceive themselves. They let busyness become their God. What they do is they put their work first, and then when you do that, when there's when when you don't allow God in. Satan is freely able to come into your life to torment and to destroy you. And when Satan comes into their lives, they usually get oppressed because they're so busy they're not able to do anything else but just work. And demons will begin to tell you to commit suicide or do something evil or sin. And because you've you've lost your protection of God because you pushed God away and you put your work or your job or your whatever first, because of that, demons are able to just easily take you out. Because your spirit is weak. Because no matter how strong you look in the physical, to be spiritually strong, you need God. Just because you're physically strong doesn't mean you're strong at all. Because, in fact, most of the people that are strong, they're the ones that, in the spirit, they're the ones that are physically, don't always look that strong. This is why I'm saying this. Because Because the people that are physically strong, they're the ones that spend more time in the physical realm Edifying their carnal physical, fleshly body. They're the ones that you see spending hours in the gym, spending all their days reading health magazines and eating the best things, and, I don't know, just spending their time as the doctors, doing plastic surgery, doing whatever thing they can, just so that they're physically strong. they do that. And yes, they do get their physical strength. They take in so many injections, so many drugs, so many pills. And, you know, they get they get physically strong. But the people that are spiritually strong, they're the ones that spend a lot of time fasting and seeking the Lord. You see, when people fast, their flesh dies. So, physically, their flesh will be weak. But their spirits are like giants. Their spirits are heavy warriors that could take down any demon. That could take down Lucifer himself. And that's how God wants us to be. I'm not saying God wants us to have a, 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 a weak feeble body no I'm not saying that I'm saying with God how your body is he doesn't care he doesn't really care about how your body is he doesn't care about how your body really looks to him what he cares about is your spirit because your body is just a few years your soul is for eternity 10 years or 30 50 40 70 years compared to an eternity is nothing you can't even you can't even put that even in ratio or even in a fraction it's it's it, it, you can't compare it's irrelevant when I say God doesn't care about your body, I know some of you might have maybe physical complications where some of you might be sick or might um, might, might be incapacitated in certain areas of your body. Um, I'm not saying God doesn't care about how you are right now. He cares. The thing is, He cares about your body because this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Lord wishes that you prosper in good health even as your soul prospers. So this is what it is. God wants you to prosper in your flesh too. But his focus, what I was trying to say is that he he wants you to prosper in your flesh. But his focus is not on the flesh because the flesh is just for a while. Because when you when you read the Bible, so many people had their bodies broken, beaten, torn because of God. If God was the one if God if the most important thing to God was the flesh, then God would not have let anyone touch your flesh. But because God knows the spirit is what he cares about, he doesn't let Satan touch your spirit, he won't, he won't let, but he let Satan touch your flesh. Like Job, Satan could touch his flesh, all was around him, but Satan could not touch his soul, his spirit. Because that's what God really seeks to protect. Well, God cares about your flesh, but, and just for a while, he still cares about it, because he created it, and your flesh is his temple. Remember, Your flesh that you live in, the body, your carnal body, it's the temple of God. God lives in this body, this flesh that you have. And he wants you to use it for his glory. So I'm not trying to make make the flesh look like it's nothing. It's important to God because it's the vessel that you need to run your daily duties as a Christian. It's the vessel that you need to live a holy life. Like if you want to pray and fast, you need a body, you need a mouth, you need a head, you need legs, you need knees to bend down. So you need the body. And God wants you to have a good body. But it's not his priority. He cares about it, but it's one of the little things he cares about. The very important thing he cares about is your soul. Because if you have a perfect body, it doesn't mean your soul is safe. Because your soul is going to be living with him for it. Like your soul is going to be existing for all eternity. But your flesh is going to be there for a while. For some, I mean, depending on the time we have left, only God knows how much time you have left. But depending on the time you have left, for some of you, your bodies won't even last for, for that long. Because He's coming so soon. He cares about your body because it's His temple. And He wishes that you prosper in good health. Because when you prosper in good health, it's easier to serve God. If you're in full strength, you're able to worship God with everything. That's why God even says, that worship Him now that you are young. Worship God in your youth. Because when you get old, it's 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 harder because when you get very old, that's when diseases and old age catches up, and when your your bones begin to catch up on you, and it's hard for you to walk, it's hard for you to jump, it's hard for you to even talk a lot. It's hard for you to do a lot of things because your body is weak but 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 when you're young, you're full of energy, you're young, you could do so much that's why got so God does care about the body, but I want you to understand it it's not the way you think. It's not the way we care for our body, where we think our body is everything, where people spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on their bodies when there's poor people that don't even have food. Some people don't even have a dollar to spend, even in a week.